0: all right episode seven of the e-word is underway this is hot dog joined by ellie of course and on this Hi. episode hey ellie we are welcoming ben user alpaca hey. neb from the subreddit how are you doing tonight
1: what is up i'm also more active on the discord than on the subreddit usually and i am right now all caps with the uh vaporwave spacing uh aesthetic boy on on the Discord,
0: as someone flicks a lighter in the background.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wonder who that is. I don't know what you're talking about, guys. I I haven't smoked cigarettes since 1994. <laughs> <laughs> well, um,
0: episode seven is in front of us. Here's the rundown: We're going to be uh, taking. We have one Twitter question that we're going to field, and we're going to do some follow up in episode six. Uh, that episode with the guys from your scene. Uh, we're going to do what we've been listening yep. to. We're going to do a song break. Uh, Ellie, I believe you are you are bringing. A song to us and then uh, i i am indeed yeah cool and then we're gonna go back into something that i've wanted to for almost a couple of months at this point which is a vote down vote new segments um it's been a while since we've done that and it's uh, gonna
2: make us feel very nostalgic yes <laughs> this
0: is the 10th anniversary <laughs> album
2: too <tour. laughs> um <laughs> back to the good old days of the e-word before we sold out <laughs> Much like
1: the emo kid that I am, I plan on being very nostalgic for something that I had nothing to do with.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the essence of emo?
0: And then, uh, so we're going to cap this one off with a pretty large discussion. Um, ben, you came to us wanting to have, I guess, the real conversation about allegations, I guess is, the, is like the broad term that we can throw onto it. But uh, it's something that we've dipped our toes into in a couple of episodes. But I feel like... We're gonna have the cohesive discussion, and Ben, you're gonna lead this one, right?
1: Yeah. So something that me and Ellie talked about, like before, before I even like reached out, was that it kind of came up on every other podcast anyway. Yeah. And so we figured it was time to just have the conversation, go full out, and explain, put it to bed exactly at least for a while yeah at least until the next bassist in a shitty band gets outed as a pedophile
2: hey man don't spoil the synopsis <laughs> for the next episode <laughs>
0: <laughs> um well i'd like to start with giving ben his proper intro here i feel like we kind of have guests on and they're just kind of thrown into the mix because you know they're friends with ellie or something yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: Which is ben not... and I are friends. We are yeah. friends.
0: Right. Uh, we we get
1: along a lot on the Discord and have the same taste in punk music at the very least.
2: at the very very least. Yeah, um, so... and some hip hop. So yeah, definitely some hip hop.
3: Yeah.
0: So yeah. tell us what's your corner of music and I guess emo too and all that stuff.
1: As far as like emo goes, I listened to. I got into it mostly through like Midwest stuff. I'm very outspoken in my support of twinkly shit and sparkle punk. So like. That's kind of my big thing. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. You are very welcome. So a lot of twinkly shit. I am like a blind, tiny moving parts supporter, which I know ruffles some feathers. But like to me, they're just like the two chains of emo where I really don't go there for substance. (laughs) I just go there for like lyrics about cigarettes in high school and good like tippy taps
2: on the guitar. Kind of like why I like Crown of Thorns, you know, it's it's dumb generic bullshit but it's good dumb generic bullshit hits you right in the heart exactly it's it's yeah. it, it's exactly what I listened to uh, in high school
1: or like middle school more similarly but like evolved to my taste now so that, that's a good thing for me <laughs> just saw them on the most recent tour and I didn't post on the subreddit about it
0: I was just uh, about to <laughs> fucking ask <laughs> you did.
1: that shit yeah, needs to no. stop it's every fucking date I and know like, what's hilarious to me is like every single like every single post for a solid like two weeks was does anybody have a ticket to this show does anybody have a ticket to this show and i, I guess was standing, they all did. yeah and <laughs> i was standing in line for dc with uh claudio um guitar emoji so like i was just chilling with him and talking and they're like by the way there's a dozen tickets left and i'm just like <laughs> motherfuckers were paying a hundred dollars for this Like <laughs> But yeah, Mom Jeans has been my obsession for the past two weeks, so that's cool. I'm, once again,
2: more uh, style over substance. So, lyrics about cigarettes, really cool. I had a dream that Mom Jeans were on the podcast, and we got into a fight, and they called me transphobic slurs. Well, and that was my dream. That was like inside, That was inside my dream, and I'm kind of hoping it's a premonition, because, you know, I like the drama, but... <laughs> at the same time yeah me me and me and austin are cool me and eric are cool so uh i mean team seems like a cool bunch of guys everyone everyone has always said they're really pleasant people to talk to um as long as you aren't calling them sparkle punk uh <laughs> so they're totally yeah. stoner power pop didn't you know that yeah me, me and claudia were talking about it and he was like they're trying real hard to avoid using the word sparkle blink in any
1: capacity aren't they <laughs> they're totally gonna put a post in there somewhere i'm i'm waiting for post power pop just <laughs> the triple are, p uh, they're a uh, post avant sparkle wave yes there we go no but they don't like sparkle it'd have to be a uh, twinkle wave
2: Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> sparkle over twinkle that's that's my opinion
1: um but yeah a lot of midwest emo a lot of um i've been trying to get into more screamo so same uh i've been listening to just the basics and going with like orchid chaos into me and shit chaos is me chaos is me my bad yeah yeah fuck <laughs> you fucked up then i just, phot- I just photoshopped i just photoshopped that cover too thanks it was, it was a shitty photoshop <laughs> but it was a, but it
0: was a photoshop what did no, you photoshop no. into it it's uh, just a
1: random picture that uh somebody sent me who sent me that oh, okay. who's the uh, other person man. on your other
2: podcast ellie Manny, both hands. Yeah. There we go. I got a, I got another podcast coming out soon that I will probably advertise at some point. It's called Snob Attack. the The whole premise is that me and another uh, arrogant music snob take turns showing each other albums that we've never heard before. Uh, the first episode we we just did. Uh, he showed me uh, Ra Rah Riot's first album, The Rum Line, which I've never listened to before. It's gonna It's gonna be coming out soon. I think he's finishing editing it tonight, so yeah everybody get stoked get stoked that's gonna be really cool i was
1: i was really hoping it would be snob attack attack and you would just educate <laughs> us all on attack attack
2: uh i unironically love attack attack <laughs> um but yeah also uh i dig a lot of post
1: hardcore um most recently i guess that the newest glass draw album i'm really excited for uh, whatever law dispute comes out with if you want to call that I guess that's post-hardcore, uh, that kind of stuff. Mainstream hip hop. Ellie already knows this, so I like Kendrick, Tyler the Creator, everything that every white boy that wears Nike tube socks and uh, Hyper Dunks <laughs> likes. Yeah, bucket hat core. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like a lot of Schoolboy Q, which is actually. <laughs> <what> I,
0: <think. laughs> I saw Tyler and Vince last night. It was a fucking great um... tour
1: i wanted to go it
2: was last sunday in dc and i really wanted to go and
1: then i didn't want to pay 70
2: dollars. i haven't been to a fucking show in so long i was supposed to go to a show this wednesday coming up it's harm's way with a ringworm vein and Queensway. right like just well, the luckily, most stacked
0: Hong's way are on the warp tour this year
2: yeah no don't go to warp <laughs> there's like five don't there's like five joke. fucking bands on there with accused abusers
0: i know um
1: there's also only like two bands on there that are actually good and there for every date, I noticed. Yeah. So like on the yeah. tour, like there's like purple text and like you don't know what the purple text is until you scroll to the very bottom. And it's like, oh, by the way, these are these people are only going to be on like two dates.
0: Taking Back Sunday are literally playing one date, but they're on the f- fucking poster. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think
1: the, they I think the used one of
0: those too. They really wanted to
1: make sure that people were going to it and do the whole, like, last Warp Tour until two years down the line, where they're like, by the way, Warp Tour's back. Yeah. Because it made them too much money
2: off of 15-year-old girls. Speaking of someone who lives in Las Vegas, please no one support Falling in Reverse or anything Ronnie Radke does, or the guitarist Michael Money. Yeah. Just don't don't do that. They're terrible fucking people. And I've heard too many stories uh, of them. Hurting people that I know personally, so uh, take take that testimony however you will, but please do not support that that band in any way. All right, well, episode six follow up. Uh, Kenneth and Hugh are friends with me on Facebook now, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've got Kenneth. Uh,
2: that's that's uh, what we really earned from all of this. Yeah, no, they put out uh, another issue where they uh, they interviewed Sean from Coma Regalia. And Middleman Records. Uh, It was a really, really good interview. Yeah, solid interview. I highly recommend everyone check it out. You know, I've gotten gotten some really good feedback about the discussion we had. You know, people people thought that we really elucidated uh, and put a finer point on specifically the separating the art from the artist argument, which I have Mm -hmm. always had a a really hard time uh, explaining why I hate that argument so much. Yeah, Um, that's a problem. We finally managed to put in a good, solid, at least on our end, definitive word on it so you know i was really really happy with the episode
0: a lot of people have uh spoken about uh the great white people really fucked with that band and we yeah that no because yeah. they're they're excellent. really cool they're really yeah. good yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So, i almost put them on uh for the answer to the twitter question then you didn't
2: so i did
0: <laughs> I <didn't. laughs> uh but uh yeah so you're seeing issue five is out now that whole like staff the whole team behind that behind that zine are really cool and hyper supportive of anything diy it seems like so yeah. definitely worth uh checking out yeah they seem really cool
3: yeah and good there's... dudes
0: backed hard yeah yeah so
1: like i just moved down to uh baltimore i'm like, sorry in the middle of last year yeah it's not great i'm actually <laughs> in the middle of a giant power outage right now so i'm recording this on my phone with like the headphones that came with my iphone oh for, like <laughs> oh. it's not it's not ideal but i'm very much in the dark right now and like i got home and i was just like well fuck i like flipped the light switch like nothing happened it was like shit And i just walked to the fridge and grabbed a beer at that point
3: you ripped a piss
1: <laughs> what <laughs> you ripped a piss yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah so i just moved down to baltimore so your scene is like really cool because i don't know jack shit about the local scene beyond you know legendary bands that came out of baltimore and annapolis and shit but like none of them fucking tour anymore
3: mm-hmm.
1: hearing some like diy bands and shit like that around is like really cool and i like their whole like mission statement on that kind of stuff
0: have you checked out jpeg mafia the rapper that was on the cover he's from baltimore
1: i haven't yeah i saw I, he's been in like a fuck ton of like youtube videos and shit i saw yeah. he was just on he just did an interview with uh dead end hip-hop and i think yeah. he did one with anthony fantano yep but Bef- i'm not even gonna like discuss anthony fantano anymore because i don't want to say his name three times <laughs> melanthony head tano. yes Sparklethony punk tano is my uh is my
2: flair on the r- subreddit Amazing. <laughs> you don't then he need maps tano yeah
0: <laughs> We did get a Twitter question. Uh, this comes from a Twitter user, JS Laurie 11 The fifth source is his uh, Reddit username. He says, Underrated albums of 2017. I think everyone slept on bliss. No one loves you. Really raw and emotional. So everyone, what was one of your underrated albums of 2017 in your opinion?
2: Right. Um, I'm going to talk about this more in the What Have You Been Listening To segment, but uh, I thought the record the manson family that heart attack man did last year was a uh, really really excellent really overlooked and i absolutely want to throw in a shout out for the lp i've already talked about this on the show but the lp that uh unable to fully embrace this happiness did last year i think it's still massively slept on just absolutely fucking crushing screamo really orchid influenced really tristan zara influenced i think uh it reminds me of, like, why I got into Screamo in the first place. Just, like, this heart-pounding aggression that makes you want to, like, crush your head in between two bricks. Like, just excellent. Excellent record.
1: So, a couple that I have. Uh, Choke Up, Stormy Blue. Personally, I thought it was a really great album. I think that their song structure is something that's, like, really cool. It kind of has that, like, crescendo kind of, like like, hard climax kind of song structure where it builds up for a little while. And then, like goes into like a really crazy bridge uh, for a lot of songs. I think Joyride was like a really sick song off of that. And also uh, Just Friends, the uh, Nothing But Love promo tape, which is only three songs. And it is, I think think it's been called Sparkle Ska on here before. (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is pretty accurate because before I heard that, I described it as the bastard child of Mom Jeans and Jeff Rosenstock. Or (laughs) Bomb Music Industry. Bomb Music Industry actually had horns. But... That was really cool, and it makes me really excited for uh, whatever they released this year.
0: Yeah, same. Yeah. Kyle? Yeah, I've got two here. This one, I think, is, I guess, a little less underrated because I think people did actually catch on to it. But that record by Send, number one hit single, uh, that's members of Level Up. I think it has a member of Porches in it as well. But it's basically just these guys got together and wanted to make something that sounds like The Marked Men. Like that is the mission statement, and you have my my fucking full attention. Um, but yeah, so, uh, check out send. That's C E N D E. That's actually a name that's based on when people wear like jackets over a Descendants t-shirt because that's all you can see. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Which is fucking I brilliant. I fucking love that. Um, yeah, it's just it's just really fucking great power pop, uh, kind of with like garage beats and stuff. So check out that one. Um, they also broke up by the end of the year, which broke my fucking heart. Uh, and then I also want to give a shout out to a really good record that I don't see people talking about anywhere. It's called Feels Good by the band What Gives. This is a band that kind of set out to sound a lot like like Blue Era a Weezer, and uh, they just nail it so well um not in just like a direct ripoff way it's just it's just got these really just fucking like tender songs like they have a song that's basically like their own only in in dreams and and that one came out on skeletal lightning which is just like a fantastic midwest diy label that does everything right um so uh, yeah just check out that one because i don't think people really know much about that it's got members of like dowsing and kitty hawk and um just a lot of illinois emo bands uh just making some mm-hmm. really fucking great power pop so yeah
2: yeah and cool. uh real quick i do also want to throw in one more shout out for uh yep definitely by wednesday the pictures of Earn inside project which no matter how many people i talk to about it it seems like not enough people are listening to it but it's really fucking good Synthie power pop pop punk yeah indie you, rock you, yeah just... you
0: mentioned that last episode and i had to search to put it in the doc that i'm putting all the bands that we mentioned in um i had a fucking hard time finding that band but that is
2: like full of good shit it's just that absolutely stellar fucking lp people should get on top of that right now right now
0: i'll link it all over again too so people have no excuse to miss it this time um (laughs) so let's get into segment three which is what have we been listening to this week
2: oh god yeah
0: (laughs) this is one we have to block off a lot of time for
2: I've been listening to uh, that <clears throat> the new record that uh, the Ultimate Screamo Band did. If you're uh, unfamiliar with the Ultimate Screamo Band, it's a one-person project that the goal is to make the ultimate distillation of the screamo sound. Is it band that I
1: already assumed it was a one-person band when you said it was called the Ultimate Screamo Band? No, that's
2: completely reasonable. Um, <laughs> they're uh, they're really fucking excellent. I highly recommend especially the new record the new record has is like the height of everything that he's been working towards so far so please please check that out um i've listened to uh examination of the dot 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 who are a defunct screamo band from the early 2000s i believe fallout boy's first show was one booked playing with them on like one of their last tours, um, which is a interesting tidbit, I believe is at the Fireside Bowl, but yeah, they have only one record on Spotify. But I'm sure if you plug in Examination of the Plus Blog Spot, you'll find it. Listen to the new Camp Cope. The new Camp Cope is excellent, especially lyrically. The lyrics on this record are outstanding. The CU Space Cowboy Second Grade Knife Fight Split is really fucking good. Really sassy, very uh, aggressive. Uh, if you're into like daughters and number 12 looks like you that shit is right up your fucking alley uh i've been listened to the new harm's way uh i've listened to new turn style you know my generic hardcore kid shit uh i really like that really turn really in- i've been really into the album the meadowlands by the wrens uh really Yo. cute indie pop record yeah yeah i heard kyle <laughs> it's a great fucking record every song builds to like a beautiful crescendo and it's definitely one of those unsung influences on early 2000s emo pop sound I listen to the album Fixation on a Coworker by Dead Guy, a classic foundational early math core. And then I've listened to the uh, the Bastard Child of Dead Guy, Axis. They put out a record a little bit ago called Show Your Greed that's really good. Uh, i listened to Mercy Blow, their EP Secondhand Suffering, uh, Punishing. Really interesting way of writing breakdowns. This is, uh, this is a little bit more of a, an obvious one, but I've been trying to get more into this band since I never liked them, but everyone said I would like them. And You Will Know Us by The Trail of Dead, that band. And I listened to their album Source Tags and Codes, and I was pretty into it. Pretty good uh, prog punk, if that is a thing. Um, I've I've never gotten
0: into that band.
2: I I understand that. Uh, It took me a little bit, but this album in particular, I think it was their major label debut. Typically, major label debuts for those types of bands are better than their indie stuff. Uh, I don't know if that's heresy to say, but uh michael sarah palin obviously excellent fucking up-and-coming band very Uh, good yeah heart attack man like i said before they just did that split with the band who shall not be named um (laughs) but uh their side of the splits fucking excellent especially the 100 milligrams millennial song that really good song lyrically it reminds me a lot of sorority noise so as we're going to be talking about later uh if you want a band to fill the hole in your heart that sorority noise is sure to leave uh check out that man um ringworms the promise uh really good early 90s hardcore uh just because you know they're torn with harm's way so wanted to get back into them a little bit because i liked them a lot in high school but that record's pretty good it's like second wave black metal and death metal riffs uh mixed with hardcore song structure and vocals very integrity-esque uh, i finally listened to this is my last one. I finally listened to uh, the band Low.
3: When it comes slow to slowcore, slow core, I've
2: always been into. Yeah, I've always been really into like uh, Red House Painters and Codeine and Bedhead, uh, but I never gave Low a listen. And I finally listened to their first album. I could live in hope, and that shit is a lot more groove oriented than I expected it to be. And they do that thing where at the end of every song, it sounds like a an angry bee on Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> you know the the guitar the guitar starts doing that like wailing high-pitched distorted thing it sounds really fucking cool so if somehow like me you managed to never listen to low uh now's the time to fucking start so that's it that's what i've been listening to
0: cool go for it then all right
2: um so
1: every, i'm just going down what i listened to fucking today because i think at least 10 albums came out today that were at least worth mentioning within the scene and then there's one that i listened to that i really love that's not necessarily in the scene that's titus andronicus um a productive cough, so Titus Andronicus, very theatrical uh indie punk band, and they kinda took it up to eleven and they've kind of gone into something that I'm calling Springsteen core at this point. <laughs> which sounds terrible. Uh, which you sounds mean like awful, but like, like Gaslight really terrible. Anthem. And, um uh, a little bit. Yeah. But uh so like basically their whole new album uh is pretty much some kind of like ballad or like like power pop kind of anthem while still retaining like the punk edge to it that they've kind of always had and you know just as theatrical as the other releases the the most amount of tragedy was like one of my favorite records of 2015 I think is when it came out anyway and other than that uh new sorority noise which is kind of new sorority noise uh they reworked you're not as blank as you think Are, are we saying you're not as alone as You think something like that, but so they reworked all of that into like kind of the hope versus cope version um, of their record. They made everything like acoustic and really like pretty sounding. Some of the songs didn't translate well, in my opinion. I didn't really think that no halo worked well, but the second half of that album where it really slows down and kind of shredded my heart into pieces in a couple moments. So like second letter to St. Julian was one that like really hit me on the first record. When it was like just kind of like stripped down guitar ballad, and now with the piano arrangement that they have is really insane. I won't talk this long about all of them. New Camp Cope, uh, Ellie hit that really well. I actually listened to that while I was working out, which was the only time I got to wear headphones today like listen to the lyrics. And god damn, that's pretty
2: much it. that's pretty much it. Her vocals fucking slay me too, and the bass lines. The bass lines are all over that record are stellar. Oh yeah, I think I think Camp Cope is probably going
1: to be one of the next bands to really like make it huge. And I'm really excited for them to uh, come to America soon, hopefully considering the whole turnover tour that they dropped off of new soccer. Mommy came out today uh, really great lyricism, uh, taking a huge page from Julian Baker's playbook, which basically just means girl guitar reverb. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it really caught me better than their other albums. Um, Donovan Wolfington came out today. R.I.P. Donovan Wolfington. It's supposedly their last album. Everything on there was really cool. Um, They kind of took everything from a lot of genres. I heard punk, emo, post-hardcore, a little bit of sparkle punk actually on there as well. So that was really cool. New Disco Inc., which came out and, you know, Frito's big member on the sub and everything. And I think that came came out pretty well. Um, Really kind of leaning into the trends, I think, with like Mom Jeans and P daddy and stuff like that, which worked really well in their favor. And I think his writing works for that. Uh, new golfer came out today, which is a top shelf release. I don't know if I have to say anything more than that. It's just top shelf records. It sounds like prawn, um,
3: <laughs> uh,
1: but it's, but it's a really good prawn cover band. So that's cool. Um, new rollo Tomasi, which, uh,
2: Oh they- yeah. Shit. That came out today. Didn't it? <laughs> oh, it is fucking fantastic, dude. Okay. Um,
1: First, I've actually heard of them, which is really cool. Um, I think Gwen showed it to me on the Discord. Yeah. Somebody showed it to me on the Discord, and uh, yeah, Might it have been is. Constance. Might have been yeah, Constance. that's who it was. That was that's who it was. So yeah, just everything about that album is fucking spectacular. I think four out of nine tracks are over five minutes long, and like three of them are over seven minutes long. And it's just absolutely fantastic. And last one, new Barely Civil came out today. Oh yeah, Um, Pretty good revival sound. A little bit of kind of sorority noise, hotelier kind of aspects to it. Kind of just pretty good, like, easy listening, I guess, as far as emo goes. Like, it's not going to make me cry and cry to sleep at night, but it's going to make me kind of sad, and that's okay. All
2: right. All right. Uh, Kyle, go fuck yourself.
0: Um... Hey. (laughs) I have some shit. I honestly have not listened to much of the shit that's come out today, which I feel like is understandable because it's come out today.
1: Yeah, I literally have jack shit to do at work, and that's why I just sat there and listened to 10 albums.
0: Yeah, uh, going back a couple of weeks, uh, we had another crazy day where we had Pianos Become the Teeth, American Pleasure Club, and all that stuff came out that day. Pianos Become the Teeth and American Pleasure Club were both albums. I was not really looking forward to. Both of them kind of blew me away. and it took time like i feel like if you're not into that pianos album just like give it time it'll find its way just kind of like work into your system it's like way less intense in every facet but for some reason it's found its way just to like attach itself to a lot of just of like my shitty moods (laughs) i'll like give it props for that um that's so accurate yeah (laughs) because like we like totally shit on the first single on this
2: podcast yeah, um, I still don't like the album. I listened to it like three times. I'm yeah, not into it, but you know, if I'll give it another two or three before completely writing it off.
0: Yeah, it definitely like takes work to like get into it. Um, American Pleasure Club, I've never really gave much of a shit about teen suicide especially like the the whole honeypot album that came out i was just like this is just spaghetti thrown at a wall and this one <laughs> is just like super cohesive and it's still like sprawling but it's i can't even put words to like why this album is great but it, it it's like kind of epic in a way so i was not expecting to like that one i don't know if anyone here has listened to that one
1: i checked it uh, out uh i liked it it sounded um it sounded like a good progression from teen suicide. I think I didn't listen to a whole lot of teen suicide before, but like it sounded, it sounded recognizable, but also kind of better in my opinion.
0: Yeah, totally. That's how I feel too. Also the band stippling put out an album out of the blue that week. And I adored stippling. I don't know how many people like on the sub are even familiar with them. I know Sam from beat was drumming for them for like a minute. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, I, I think that brought some attention to them, but they're just, like, a very fucking good Philly emo, post-hardcore kind of band. Uh, They kind of sound like grown-ups, they kind of sound like Glocka, but the new EP is fucking, or the new LP actually is fucking amazing, so check out that one. The, check out the band Hecra. I've never heard them before. Someone posted them on the sub, and they're fucking weird as
2: shit. It's, like, kind of... Electronic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, electronic,
2: uh, like, what like hardcore i don't know yeah, they've like got some scrams influences they got some yeah. black metal influences even yeah. and like they've s- been around for a really long time i think the the main person used to post their their music a lot on mew i'm glad to finally see them getting some recognition because like i've definitely seen more and more people talking about them lately than i've ever seen talking about them
3: before. yeah
0: are they active yes you know? okay they're like <clears throat> still a band okay yeah ellie i i kind of want to hear your thoughts on the band incendiary because i've been listening to that lp from last year a lot
2: oh a thousand mile stare yeah yeah i fucking love incendiary i've always loved incendiary um is it like I know... borderline
0: line like corny as fuck to you though
2: um yeah like it's like it feels like one step away from rage against the machine core um <laughs> uh, but, but but you know like i've I've always been a real big fan of their lyrics because I feel like they're some of the best at writing like legitimately informed political lyrics. I don't know if you've ever, uh, listened to an interview with anyone in the band, but especially mm-hmm. the vocalist, the vocalist knows so much about politics He's a really well-educated, well-spoken fellow, um, poly Yeah. It, it translates very well into their music. And some of those breakdowns just make me want to fucking start spin kicking a million innocents in the face. Yeah. Uh, just uh yeah i i really liked incendiary i believe they're on hiatus now though
0: okay
2: isn't everybody well incendiary are one of those bands that like only puts out a record every four to six years you know they're they're not hella active they've always been kind of just whenever we have time because everyone's always in school and doing their real job you know yeah that's cool though i respect the diy (laughs) the hustle still yeah still have a real job core yeah, well, I think the I think the singer is a teacher, actually. That's which is pretty neat. Uh, oh, I feel cool. like he's well suited to that. I hope he just gives lectures, like microphone in hand, doing those Ian Mackay stage moves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's basically all I have. All right, uh, all right. So let's so, slap a song in here, Ali. All right, this is a band called Floral Tattoo. They uh, just put out their their debut. Single. It's called 14 Days. I don't know anyone in the band except for Gwen, uh does a lot of stuff in the band. It's a very collaborative effort. What I do know is the song fucking rips. Uh, everyone I've showed it to says it fucking rips, and I think it fucking rips. So, yeah, let's uh, transition into that real quick. It ripped, ripped right? Great. Cool. Very dope this. song. Yeah. Well, you, you've already listened to it, Ben.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, I told, I told Gwen that it's kind of like an amalgamation of everything that I'm into, which is kind of like a weird Cronenberg of Jeff Rosenstock, Modern Baseball, uh, that kind of stuff. I thought it took a very like throw all these sounds at the wall and see what sticks like approach, but in like a really
2: cool way. I also hear a very strong Andrew Jackson jihad, or A.J.J. I guess. Now. Yeah, um,
3: very I I very strong them.
2: A.J. influence. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I <laughs> I think they prefer to be called A.J.J. now. Like they they really are uncomfortable with the connotation of either Andrew Jackson or a jihad. So, I guess that uh, makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, A.J.J. <laughs> the, the patch on my jacket
1: will remain the same though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have like four Andrew Jackson Jihad T-shirts, and I'll never buy an AJJ shirt. <laughs> it's a better name, honestly, but uh, yeah. Is. But I'll let them do their thing. Yeah. So All right. So we are here. Upvote, downvote. Welcome back. Uh. Mm. So let's start off with a three-part story here. To preface this, we are going to talk about Remo Drive, even though on episode zero we were like, "This is not an emo band," but they have found a home within our sub. And I feel like yeah, it's like officially, it's not officially been like welcomed.
2: I still don't give a shit about them musically. I respect that others do, as we'll get into later. Uh, the stuff that Steven has spoken up about uh, really uh, hits home for me. So, you know, I'm on their side. I'm mm-hmm. I'm rooting for them. Yeah, sheds a lot of light on kind of how people treat
1: that kind of stuff too, which is mm-hmm. what we'll go into later. Yeah.
2: So
0: part one, which we can upvote or downvote, is the news of Remo Drive uh signing to Epitaph Records. And along with that they have a new seven inch. And along with that they have a new song out. So Remo Drive are now an Epitaph. This seven inch is produced by Joe Reinhardt of Algernon Fame and currently in the band Hop Along. And uh yeah, so they've got the new song streaming. Uh they've all, they're also finally properly reissuing uh, Greatest Hits on vinyl. Uh, So, yeah, upvote or downvote to this. I'm going to abstain.
2: You know what? I'll upvote because uh, their single actually has uh, reasonable production. (laughs) It doesn't sound like it was recorded in a goddamn tin can, Uh, which, you know, I'm not against tin can production, but when you're making that kind of like polished power pop that Remo Drive does, I think you really benefit from better production. And, you know, it sounds good. I hope epitaph treats them right but i feel like uh epitaph is basically a major label now so yeah they're probably just going to get chewed up and spit out hopefully not but i, I feel like that's what's going to happen so uh, yeah. yeah right in the middle of vote up vote for good production down vote for signing to a corporation that's probably going to eat them yeah
0: I'm going to jump in and say, like, I'm abstaining because, I, like, yeah, the song was fine. It's super catchy. I just wish they would have signed to a label with, that has more of, like, a face. Like, Epitaph is just, like, whatever face they want the face they want to wear to sell records kind of thing. Um, yep. So if they would have signed to, like, fucking, I don't know, like, Run For Cover, I don't know. I would have just been more excited about that. But I'm not downvoting them because I don't have anything to shit on or anything, and I, I just and I just don't
2: love it. Or I think uh, <laughs> I think pure I think pure noise would have been a pretty good home for them. That would have even been better. Yeah, that's actually a yeah. very good point. It's I guess that you know when you're in a band you gotta do whatever makes mo- the most sense to you. Yeah. So I'm not gonna shit on them for the decision they made. I just hope that they don't get fucked over. Yeah. Okay. So I think I'm
1: the I'm the difference between complete media mediocrity of being no clicks at all no upvotes or down votes <laughs> that is not what i thought. i am, I am the one click no i'm actually talking about the side one dummy band click that's kind <laughs> of fun fact i am the bassist mom's personal trainer what? of, of oh, click yeah? i am wow. i'm weirdly associated with that band doesn't make their music that much better but <laughs> but weirdly associated i'm not going to tell his mom i'm on this podcast um, anyway, <laughs> I'm actually going to say Upvote because I enjoyed the song I think the production was much better but this, and the sound kind of pretty much remained what Greatest Hits was to me um, just kind of like punchy power, you know really clean kind of pop punk stuff and uh, I'm also going to Upvote because they didn't sign to Fueled by Ramen <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you know what that's a great point Yeah <laughs> yeah. They're, they are ripe for it. They are ripe for signing with Fueled by Ramen and they, they
2: refused. Uh, fucking Fueled by Ramen. I hope... <laughs> I'll <landed> that out. <laughs> <laughs> we should move on. That yes. was my fault. Sorry. Move on to the next Remo topic. Remo
0: Drive Part 2 is that they kicked the drummer Sam out of the band. This was like going around... On the sub ahead of the announcement of it, uh, I believe someone like DM'd him and said, "Hey, are you out of the band or something?" He's like, "Yeah, I got kicked out the band." Yeah, that
2: was that was my Detroit buddy, Ukulele King, by the way, who did that. Shout out. Oh, okay, yeah, see that name um, all the time. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a sweet kid.
0: Yeah, and then did you
2: see Sam? Sam posted on Instagram. He said, "Just to clear things up, I signed the contract for for Epitaph. My name is on that contract. I recorded all the drums." That doesn't clear anything up, Sam. (laughs) That that doesn't mean anything at all. That means shit all. You didn't explain anything. It means he's going to
0: get money from Greatest Hits. That's all it means. I don't have the statement in front of me that Remo put out, but it was basically like they split due to creative differences, and then people were linking to a tweet that the vocalist Eric, yeah, Eric, he, like, posted something, like, directly after the statement come out, saying something to, like, the tune of less talking, more doing. So this is just a lot of, like, hot garbage drama around this.
2: Hot garbage drama. That's a really good name for the new Remo record. (laughs) Um, I'd be in for that. I would listen to it at least once. (laughs) That's all you need. As we'll talk about later with Ava or at least that's what her, her pseudonym is. She yep. dragged Sam into it and said that's part of why Sam got kicked out of the band right. because that's right. he, he was trying to he was trying to talk about it and the others don't want to. There's just so much bullshit speculation and I wish people would come out and explain exactly what happened because, I mean, I guess it's not really our right as an audience to know people's personal business, but oh. it's just saying creative differences isn't working because it's clearly not an amicable split right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. people are kind of people the both parties seem kind of pissed off at each other sorry but like we kind of want to know why <laughs> because maybe there's something there that is that is going to impact how we how we view the members projects going forward like yeah, that, I shit's think- kind of, that shit's kind of important on that level i think if the other story wouldn't have come out i think everybody would have just
1: kind of let it rest at a certain point because i mean It seems pretty clear that we're not getting anything and probably Epitaph's lawyers have something to do with that. (laughs) So it seems pretty clear that we're just not getting any more information about it. And if it's creative differences, then cool, bands have creative differences, whatever. Um, If it's not, then it's up to somebody to tell us. I mean, Stephen is probably, Stephen's name is on that contract, which is why he probably can't say anything. So it's a story. It's something that happened but I don't know how to feel about it, really. It's an ass story.
2: It's an yeah. ass story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even own a gun. Many guns to necessitate an entire rack. <laughs> Sick um, Wayne World reference. Wayne's World. Wayne. Wayne World. Wayne World. Wayne world. <laughs> <laughs> no, never meant denied. <laughs>
3: um,
1: <laughs> if this guitar is tuned to standard, it will crumble to dust. <laughs> Never forget that eBay that eBay listing.
0: Which showed up again, didn't it?
1: <laughs> Did it? I, I know about the house. I
0: don't know about the guitar. Yeah, well, uh, the house is for rent again. Uh, I,
1: I still hold that we should um, get a collective to rent the house, make it a DIY venue, and sell the shingles from the album cover on eBay to uh, pay for all the damages.
0: Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh. Well, all right, so let's get into part 3 of remo drive and that would be the allegations that came up uh, via did it so did did the original statement come up through indie heads or was yes. it taken yes, it somewhere yes so. okay
2: um the she actually had tried to post it like a couple months prior and then deleted it okay um so this has been like something that's been brewing for a while uh, and she provided like proof of who she yeah. who she was and some of the stuff she said uh, to the mods of indie heads who, by the way, have done a really, really good job of kind of mediating this whole situation. I don't know any yep. of them. They handled never that really about, well. But, yeah, but shout out to the our indie heads mods. Do you want to give a rundown of what was said? Because this is like a really heavy, heavy thing to get into. Because this is the first time I've heard where I'm not necessarily on the accuser side. And that's never happened to be before ever when when one of these things comes out
0: right the statement basically alluded to a lot of um emotional abuse and kind of like manipulation and then there was even a point of it it was a miscarriage right or
2: was it she got a miscarriage yeah and Mm -hmm. he apparently didn't contact her yeah yeah it was never really made clear if the miscarriage was a result of him No she said it was his baby. Oh she did? I missed mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, that was in the comments.
0: Following this, which was like basically like four hours of the statement getting around on Reddit, Steven had a response that he posted on Twitter basically deflecting a lot of that, the allegations against him and just kind of She Eric Susied him.
2: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. essentially what essentially what Steven is alleging is that the emotional abuse was also coming from her, um, yeah. and that she discontinued birth control without telling him, that she gave him an STI without telling him, that mm-hmm. uh, uh, she used self harm and threats of suicide as a method to keep him from ending the relationship. And then, like his, Apparently, like people have come out who know the accuser and have said, "Yeah, no, this, this, what Steven is saying is true. This is within the realm of her behavior."
0: Yeah, and like him. Ending communication was literally coming from the advice. His of therapist. Yeah. yeah.
2: Recommended by like, a counselor. Yes. Like, I I agree it's shitty to not talk to someone after they had a miscarriage. But if if my therapist told me not talking to somebody is the best option, I, I think I would probably be taking my therapist's advice. Um, and additionally, apparently she had been, like, harassing him, like, mm-hmm. endlessly, like, making new email accounts and messaging him from other people's Twitter accounts. Yeah. In order to try and get into contact with him, which is fucking scary, by the way. I don't know if you guys have ever had that you. but no. though, yeah, that's but terrifying. Shit's terrifying. This is messy, man. Yeah. It's really fucking messy.
0: So- that
1: that was that was exactly my comment on the post, if I if I remember correctly. <laughs> fucking yeah. real messy situation. The wording of the state of all three statements and like how they were written was uh, something that came up a lot. Where Ava. Seemed to be very emotional, very train of thought within her statements, where and Stephen, Stephen was
2: concise and was like, "Here's what happened."
1: Yeah, yeah. Stephen um, was pretty much made a list um, and just said, "This is what she's. This is what
2: she did within our relationship. This is what happened from my end." I didn't say anything about it, but she confirmed my thought later that she has borderline personality disorder. The reason that I thought in the first place that she had borderline personality disorder is because I dated somebody who talked and phrased things exactly the same way that she did and acted in a lot of the same ways that Stephen talked about in his statement. Just the alarm bells were going off in my head. And then you know she came forward and said, yeah, I've been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which, by the way, is, a, is an awful thing to deal with. Like It's, it's a real struggle to deal with that specific personality disorder and i would not wish it upon anyone but i will also say that it's not an excuse for having abusive behaviors in any way
0: do you think that this came out with the convenient timing of them announcing this new signing and new ep and stuff do you think this was timed to like take them down
2: i think it was time to attack them but i Uh, as i said before the indie heads mods said that she had tried to make a post about this earlier so i don't think it was specifically timed because of their you found success or anything like that but i do think it is a directly targeted attack i think it was probably
1: something where she had tried to make the post before um Mm
3: -hmm.
1: you know maybe around the time where they were gaining traction after greatest hits and then it got shut down she kind of gave up and then Maybe later you see the story. They signed Epitaph reissuing greatest hits. and Maybe that kind of triggered something in her mind to just make that post again. Maybe that's, that's my, that was my like concept of it. At least it seems, it seems like the timing was convenient personally to me. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I've always felt very uncomfortable saying like, Oh, this is because. The band is having success and she's just being vindictive. Sure. Like I've, I've always been extremely uncomfortable with that type of language because it's exactly what rape apologists say when mm-hmm. somebody comes forward with this sort of thing. This and is a I'm very not, unique case. This is a very unique case in that it seems like it was extremely toxic on both sides. It was not a good relationship. I will say that I do think Steven is the victim here. In the specific situation, in contrast with Eric Susie like no matter, no matter what the gender is, if you are using suicide or self-harm as a threat to keep someone in a relationship with you, or if you're weaponizing those issues about themselves in order to elicit an emotional response, uh, that's really fucking low and disgusting. and. Obviously, she has issues that she needs to work on, but I definitely think that what Stephen described her doing is far worse than any of the accusations she leveled against. him. So if both statements are, to the best of each party's memory, their complete truth, I am on Stephen's side. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the big thing for me as
1: well was the withdrawal of birth control without Stevens' consent. Um, that being true in my mind. Um, that's sexual assault. Would be sexual yeah. assault. Yeah. yeah. That's kind that of no question in my mind. Like it's the same, it's the exact same as if somebody takes off a condom in the middle of sex without consent. It's just, if, it, it, that, that's what it is. That's what it the is. Basis, if that's true, then that is massive
2: to me. If the basis of your assumption that it's okay that you are consenting to have sex with someone is because you are assuming that they are using birth control and then they, without your knowledge, discontinue birth control. That is breaking the boundaries of consent that you have set. And therefore that's sexual assault. That's textbook sexual assault. So that was really the
1: major thing that pushed me over as far as being on Steven's side, assuming that both statements are to their best
2: recollection. And we do need to tackle the phrasing of saying that we're on somebody's side. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I I've said that a couple times, and I don't, I don't really think it, it's the best way to put it, so I apologize for saying that. But I think when it comes to these situations, it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's about making sure the people who were hurt are getting the, the help that they need. And, you know, it seems like Steven has been talking to a therapist and that's awesome. But I'm sure that what's going on now cannot be great for his mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a big uh, thing to happen at a very big, big, like crossroads in your life for uh, yeah. where he's at. And and for what it's worth, I truly do hope that Ava is getting help as well. Agreed. Um, what, the way that she's lashing out is not healthy for anyone, especially her. Yeah, I believe her. Uh, I believe her statements. Uh, indicated
1: that she wasn't medicated, which uh, at at least for like some period of time, which just hopefully hopefully she uh, gets some kind of help and gets everything that she needs to uh, take care of her issues, whatever they
2: may be. The thing about Borderline is that it's such an aggressive disorder that you can't do just therapy or just medication like you might be able to do with something like depression incredibly difficult to handle even with both of those things in play. So I hope her support system is good. I hope Steven's support system is good. Uh, and I think the best thing for both of them is to not be in contact with each other.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And to really not further this in any kind of public
1: eye either.
0: Right. Yeah. I also just really appreciate the timeliness of Steven talking about it. Like that's a huge thing. Like it, It didn't give enough time for people to, can't like I hate when people say cancel the band, but you know. Uh, Ugh. That I know. That's
1: something. That's something that we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh. So let's get there though. So let's move on to another story here. Sorority Noise. There's a couple of news things on their end too. Uh, I believe they they're starting their tour with Remo Drive. Uh, if not this weekend, but this week, and they're also are they calling it a reimagining of you're not as blank as you think uh, uh it's like string
2: it's like, like rearranged re-tooling. with retooling yeah yeah um, um, um and that's also... been done it's been done a little bit before uh i don't think to the extent that they did it um
1: yeah. i think the closest would be manchester orchestra doing cope and hope true yeah 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 it, it's very it's very much like that and i don't know if either of you have uh checked it out yet but it did just release um kind of surprise release
2: because i think it was supposed to release in two weeks yeah um manchester orchestra it. it's my roommate's favorite band so yes i've listened to everything that they've done too many times <laughs> fuck Against you josh <laughs> no they're, they're a good band i like them.
1: yeah i really like i really like manchester orchestra Um, but yeah, it was pretty much in the same vein as that. And, uh, I think it came out very well. Like I said, some of the faster paced songs, um, didn't translate as well. No halo. And the second song that I can't remember right now didn't really translate. Well, Uh, a couple new songs. One was a cover of
0: Chelsea hotel, right?
1: Yeah. Chelsea hotel number two by Leonard Cohen. And then the other one was at the tail end. It was called window and, uh, both songs came out very, very good in my opinion.
0: Yeah. My thing with stuff like this is, like, yes, it's very much uh, supplemental material, but the band kind of talks about it like it's not.
2: Like when the Wonder Years did that thing yeah, a little bit ago?
0: Exactly. That stuff, I, where they, like, act like you know, it's an official release. You have to own it. You have to buy the variant. Uh, it...
2: Listen, I've been a fan of the Wonder Years for, like going on 10 years now i i really enjoy that band i relate to their lyrics but the fucking rock star shit they've been pulling lately is like unacceptable (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we have a fucking coffee table book to accompany our new record (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i I can't say that's going to keep me from going to that tour though
2: i yeah every time i've seen them on tour it's ranged from really excellent intimate performance to Soupy beat coming out on stage in, like, a fucking denim jacket and, like, doing a Jesus Christ pose and dancing around in (laughs) circles. Yeah, we'll have an audience Q&A and a a private acoustic session before the show, so please pay an extra $40 for these VIP tickets. Like, come the fuck
1: on, guys. (laughs) I'm interested to see how they do that tour because uh, I believe it's Warriors, Tiny Moving Parts, and Tiger's Jaw are opening, and they are all exceptional live, and I've seen them in the past... I've seen all three of them in the past three months, I think, and all exceptional lives. So I'm I'm really hoping that Wonder Years brings it. They're always excellent
2: performers. It's mm. just the stage presence that I have an issue with. And okay. I guess that's a really trivial quibble in the grand scheme of things. I, it just is like hilarious to me because their whole image when they were coming up was based on like the intimacy of their lyrics that they're, they're basically journal entries. Like here's what I did today, and then now they're. Doing like, if you read the journal entries, you can find out exactly what kind of mood we were in writing each of these songs. <laughs> Shut the fuck
1: up, Bruce Springsteen, Jesus. It makes me—it makes me think of uh, the Lil Wayne journal that got released after he after he got out of prison, and like half of the journal entries are just this prison guards. This prison guard's ass was so fat, like. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like he talked about, like the hot, like female prison guards, so much in that book.
2: I I guess the Wonder Years' DIY ethic is receding with Soupy's hairline. I guess that's what's happening. But <laughs> even better. Uh,
3: <laughs> but
0: bringing us back to sorority noise. Um, Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, they, <laughs> I appreciate you being the captain here. This all kind of builds up to them announcing today that they are going on hiatus after this run of dates with Remo Drive. And, yeah, I think this is kind of a big blow. They were kind of becoming... Uh, a flagship band. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they like were becoming just one like, of the, oh, faces well, one of the of lifers. The, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cam is a lifer. He's not going away anytime soon, I think he's going to reemerge with a new project. I Old think probably come what back it is. is old gray similar to incendiary is just one of those bands that does things when they can. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like this is really similar to the modern baseball situation where this is a band that meant a lot to a lot of people. And ha- they also being one of the, the biggest advocates of, uh, mental health awareness in the scene. Like it, this is just, it really feels like we're losing a lot of, the spokespeople, the, the, the people who went out of their way to, to both promote up and coming acts and to try and commit to making emo a genre. That's not as Tom said, comedy at the Oscars, you know? Yeah. Um, I like them a lot. I wasn't as big on their last record, but forgettable and joy departed are two of my favorite albums of the years. They came out. Uh, I think cam is pretty exceptional pop songwriter. Uh, so this, this sucks. Yeah, I'm going to downvote this.
1: Right. Uh, um, vote because it adds to discussion.
2: You know what, Ben? <laughs> I, I did my homework, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 um, Fuck you. I was going to do that joke later. I was building
3: up.
1: <laughs> this, this is what I do. I come on your podcast and I steal your jokes.
2: <laughs> um, I got a regular fucking Amy Schumer over here. Um, ah fuck don't
1: no come on at least call oh, Dane Cook no, Dane Cook has
2: some shred of dignity Dane Cook is a good actor Dane Cook's a really good actor
0: do you think there's kind of a little bit of a discussion here around the fact that a lot of these bands that came up at the same time might be ending soon I mean like Foxing they could be the next one to go or something because we've lost Modern Baseball I don't know if this really counts as one of the cornerstones but like we have like Somos
2: I feel like we're losing the world is pretty soon. That, yeah, um, I didn't yeah, think about that. Like, but yes, for sure. That's just that's just an hour. That's an hourglass with a hole in the bottom.
1: And I think it is to like genuinely what they're saying, where it's just years upon years of touring and recording and being in that cycle kind of just
2: takes its toll after a while. I mean, a lot of I these mean, bands even, have been for a while. Even for a successful band like Sorority Noise, touring is pretty much fucking torture so Mm -hmm. uh i i understand getting burnt out on it and i understand feeling like you flexed your creative muscles as far as they can go in in this project Mm -hmm. i think that and i think that's what it is because you know i'm a hardcore kid and hardcore bands always fucking break up and everyone goes on to do their americana side project uh (laughs) so
1: (laughs) i i I told you (laughs) about blacklisted I told yeah. you about my Black Flag uh, Henry Rollins story the other day, didn't I?
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you I did. was, I was, I was talking to a guy. I work in a gym, hence, hence me being the personal trainer. But I work in a gym, and I was talking to a guy, and I go, and I was discussing Henry Rollins wrote an essay about weightlifting. I go, you know, a uh, Black Flag like punk band from like way back when. It's like it's like nah, was, they were a little too screamy for me, and I was like. Okay, well, either way, their uh, lead singer, Henry Rollins, he goes, Henry Rollins was in Black Flag? Dude only <laughs> knew Henry Rollins from Rollins Band.
0: I only knew him from Def Jam, Fight for New York.
1: That's a good game.
2: I only, I only Remember, knew him uh, from, he from
0: that. that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He was in one of them, for sure. Uh, I only knew him from his IFC show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He uh had a whole segment devoted to telling Ann Coulter to go fuck herself. Uh simpler times. Simpler times.
0: That's I only so know him from Brandon
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I only know him from his pet store days. <laughs> uh I'm waiting for the person to come out and be like, uh you're all into the seminal early D C hardcore band SOA State of Alert. Um <laughs> yeah fuck you buddy i listen to the teen idols too anyway <laughs> sorority noise one of these days like this podcast is going to
1: go without any like side tangents and it's gonna be 20 minutes
0: we'll need, that's like, the
1: day people stop listening we'll
0: need fucking yeah. shock collars yeah. to make that happen <laughs>
2: uh, it's uh, me totally it's really me it truly uh, is I- me. i'm enabling like, right now
0: though <laughs> ben, ben is an enabler um so are we good to move on to the next story here
1: I, yeah. I think we have okay. to be.
0: Yeah. So this one is just a one-parter, and that is Retirement Party, a very great Chicago emo band. They have been the next band to sign to the subreddit's favorite label, Counterintuitive Records.
2: It's excellent. I have uh, mutual friends with Retirement Party. Uh, everyone says they're really excellent people. So yeah. I've got nothing but support for that for that band, and especially them signing to a label that seems to have pretty good ethics. Uh, like counterintuitive so
0: i definitely uh, kind of saw yeah. this one coming too i feel like yeah. whenever a counterintuitive band comes through chicago retirement party are on that bill it's uh, definitely
1: really cool they were uh they were one of the underrated records of 2017 um at least that i didn't hear a whole lot about them so yeah that was really cool to hear them signing with a decent label and once again upvote because they didn't sign with fuel by Rum. yeah
0: yeah that's definitely a big a big fat upvote for me as well was, was there any announcement of like a new lp or anything i don't remember seeing that
2: i didn't see uh, anything i'm sure it's in the cards or at least like a single or something or a repress yeah because you don't sign to a record label if you aren't gonna do something soon upvote right.
0: cool and this is another sticky story because it kind of comes with a lot of other things and that would be this kind of low key came out on the sub um, that Mom Jeans are not on Side One Dummy anymore after signing to Side One Dummy, uh, I think last fall. There's some kind of speculation. I think some kid found on the website that they're already on the alumni section of Side One Dummy's website. And then I mm-hmm. believe one of the members from Mom Jeans got in the sub, it might have been Eric, and was just like, yeah, uh, it's true, we're not on that label anymore. And then I know, Ben, you pointed out earlier today that Kississippi is no longer associated with the label as well.
1: Yeah, Kississippi also, uh, they just kind of dropped that one single and then dipped. Yeah. So, best record deal ever. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Uh, She also got onto that Dashboard confessional tour. So, I don't know if that had anything to do with Side One Dummy, but that's kind of funny that... She definitely got got a big deal out of
2: that. She she got what she wanted and left.
0: Yeah,
1: that that is that is the definition of empowering women.
2: (laughs) I agree, actually. Like, I genuinely do agree with that statement. Uh,
1: I I like to think that she just sat in the boardroom with whoever's with Sideline right now because I don't I don't even know who's like the employees at this point, Um, but. I like to think that she just sat in that room and said, I want to get on tour with Dashboard Confessional. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we can probably probably do that within the next like five years. And then like immediately Dashboard just announced the tour. And she's like, oh, okay, peace. <laughs> <laughs> like She's just been a huge Dashboard Confessional fan this whole time and uh, has been making music to get close <laughs> to them. Making so, great yeah. music, I will say.
0: Yes. So what's going on in the background of this is... Side One Dummy fired their two PR people, um, Jamie Coletta, and... Oh, God, I just blanked on the other... Uh, Christina, but yeah, I don't remember her last yeah, name. Yeah, Christina. And this just kind of tells everything about this entire story. It's like As soon as that happened, Twitter just exploded with basically every band just tweeting shit like, Side One Dummy, you fucked up. Jamie Coletta is the reason why our bands got hurt and she's just all this stuff.
3: Yeah, and mm-hmm.
0: Sidon Dummy just did the dummy thing and they didn't say shit about it. They 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 like didn't explain why they were fired. Can we assume or is it confirmed that this is why Mom Jeans and Kississippi left?
1: Um, I don't, I think I don't know things confirmed. I know uh Jeff Rosenstock in his AMA had something to say about it. He said that Jamie and Christina were really like the driving force behind everything at one point. He said that he like went up to Jamie and was just like, Hey, it'd be really cool to get in Rolling Stone and like Jamie figured out a way to get him into Rolling Stone. So like it's possible that Kissippi and Mom Jeans like saw them leave and were like, uh yeah, we don't want to do this anymore. These guys aren't involved and just kinda dipped. It's also possible that um, mom jeans and Kississippi were signed through jamie and christina mm-hmm. and side one dummy weren't happy with that so they fired jamie and christina and dissolved the contracts for mom jeans and those are my two takes of what it
2: could have been my i also feel like uh might have just been people not wanting to be affiliated with uh label rim by kevin lyman the guy who books a tour filled with uh, abusers and who says that he wants to include more women and people of color on his tour, and then just throws in a couple token bands and leaves it at that? Uh, sure. Wait,
0: so I I know that Sidon dummy puts out the comp for Warp Tour, but I don't know if Kevin Lyman. Kevin Lyman uh, has like
2: a share in it. He, okay, because like, I I know it's it, like owned by
0: Joe Sib,
1: but yeah,
2: I don't. Um, okay,
1: is a. Is Pine Grove on side side one, dummy?
0: No, they're on Run for Cover, and I believe okay. um, secretly Canadian.
2: Also, I was looking at a roster today, were, and yeah. I wasn't sure which one. Either way, and not cool. The, some people have been floating around, like perhaps there was a like abuse going on behind the scenes. And if that were the case, why why would people like Jamie and Christina be fired? Because if if we've heard nothing good but good things about these people, like it all, it almost seems like it be a case of firing the victim and hoping the problem would go away but you know we don't really know anything about what's going on so best not to to speculate on that specific element it it really comes as a shock because i feel like side one dummy has been kind of flailing for a hot minute here
0: like Mm -hmm. like people are saying stuff like oh they must be running out of money and i'm just like that's Like, this is Sidewalk Dummies' biggest moment right now. They have Pup, you know. Like, the world fucking knows about Pup. They, Mm -hmm. They were the ones that put out the two Jeff Rosenstock albums that people love and know and all this shit. Like, there's no way that they're hurting financially unless they hired a fuck ton of people to do
2: who knows what. Well, a lot of times what happens when labels experience the sort of successes that they don't have the initial capital to cover it.
0: You and know don't I don't mean? know how to handle it. Yeah, but like when, uh, a, but they they fucking been a label for 20 years. That's true,
2: but I mean, also like, they, they, Epitaph... They have, they have
0: Epitaph, Gaslight Anthem sorry. money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they got that Brian Fallon dime. Um, like, Epitaph had been around for 15 years already when they put out Offspring Smash, mm-hmm. and the success of that record, like, literally almost ruined them. So... Uh, I feel like it could be a case of them not even knowing how to manage all the funds that they've been getting, uh, which would be weird. Since if you got Kevin Lyman in your corner, that guy seems like he knows how to handle money pretty well. Um, yeah. Can we also uh, mention
0: uh, No Sleep as a label that tanked?
2: No Sleep took a shit. Yeah, <laughs> they they nosedived hard. I don't know what happened. They
0: weren't paying sucks. their
2: bands. I think Broken Sh- World had a had a bit of the same thing happen to them
1: too. Yeah. Um, What they need to do is become a hip hop label because uh, then you can just not
2: pay your bands. (laughs) Nobody gives a shit apparently. And then it's just Uh, cash money. Um, Thank you. Fuck Birdman. That's the E words official position. (laughs) Official position. Fuck Birdman. Hashtag free (laughs) C (laughs) five. Yeah, I don't really have any anything much more to say on this specific situation because it's baffling. It truly is like really confusing. Yeah. Because. Again, kind of similar to the to the situation with Remo Dry firing Sam. No one is saying anything, um, and I guess they're kind of hoping that by doing that, everything will just go away. But they have to know on some level. Like if you give a satisfactory explanation, people are going to stop fucking bugging you.
0: If someone listening knows what's going on and just wants to fill us in, I I would rather not leave things that just speculation. So just get in touch.
2: <laughs> yeah, please side one dummy PR reps who post on the sub uh, uh, Jamie. in search of new yeah. bands yep. Jamie, tell yeah. us yep. well, never mind
0: ah <laughs> 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 uh, shit, what's the next story here I guess that was it, unless we do want to sneak in some of these in uh, we've got new records by Boy Rex, there's new records uh, by John John Gom as, as well, from Snowing uh, Captain or okay. Sinking broke up and also, also such a yeah, uh,
3: <laughs>
2: Fuck what? it, yeah. The last Captain Were Sinking record sucked ass. <laughs> yeah, this I, didn't, really I shit. didn't like it at all. And yep. it's really a bummer because the future is canceled is like in my top five punk albums of the 2010s. That's an amazing record, uh, but their their follow up to it was really underwhelming.
0: Were they one of those bands that kind of came up in the core world, but were kind of oh, emo? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's what um, I've always gathered. Well,
2: I, I never even heard people considering them emo until like one or two years ago. They always like, seemed
0: like a fest band. Yeah,
2: yeah. They they seemed like a like a like totally like oh yeah we're uh, going down to Gainesville for a couple shows and we're gonna <laughs> drink whiskey with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hit up some collectives all across the country. <laughs> uh definitely one of those types races. of bands. <laughs> isn't not the singer related to uh the singer of the Menzingers? No Probably. Idea. They're both from Scranton.
1: Oh. they might have like gone think... to
2: high school together or something. No, I think it's like his brother. Really? I think they're brothers. Yeah. <laughs> you can totally hear it in their voices if yeah, you yeah. listen because they sense. do that thing they do that thing where they uh get kind of screaming while still being able to carry a note. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they sound really similar. But. Yeah, the flatliners. Yeah, uh, the flat uh, upvote, upvote to captain we're sinking breaking up because <laughs> come on guys. Why like vote cuz I'm an optimist and futures canceled was cool. Oso oso signing to triple crown. That's that's cool. Good for Jade. Um, I said before, and I'll say it again, Oso is going to become the Jimmy world of our generation. Yeah. Um, got, Jade's got the pop songwriting skills to, to do it. Maybe if they get a, a solid touring band together. and
1: Yeah, they need to get better live.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they were
1: not good when I saw them. Really? They were okay, but I feel like they didn't bring the energy. I think the crowd didn't help because it was yeah. that TMP tour, so... Tiny moving parts and mom jeans brought in like a lot of people and a lot of uh, I would say younger people, and I think Oso Oso kind of caters a little more towards like mid twenty early to mid twenties people, and like nobody I was in line with that tiny moving parts show got the uh, liquor stamp. So,
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I saw them first open up for the hotel year. Twenty people cared about, which was more than a sold out show with the tiny moving parts crowd gave a shit about them and yeah. bo- just like both of them felt weird but i mean like i thought they sounded good live uh they got that kid from max seal or mass i don't know how you pronounce that band's name max seal yeah matt max seal he's playing guitar on this tour with them
3: thought that's was pretty cool. cool yeah
1: oh um, yeah I, re- I remember standing and in the front of the stage and claudio actually like looked at the guitarist and goes you from max seal
3: yeah <laughs>
0: Okay, so we are officially out of upvote-downvote, and we are now into this discussion. So, Ben, if you want to tell us where to start, let's have this talk.
1: We alluded to this. It's something that comes up a lot. It's something that came up in episode zero, because that started when the whole Jesse Lazy thing happened. Um, So it's kind of been like something that's been huge for as long as... The podcast has been going on, and you know, a while longer in like the larger scheme of things outside of the scene. But like, sexual misconduct in the scene is really fucking rampant. Maybe not. Maybe "rampant" is the wrong word. But any any sexual misconduct um, is too fucking much, um, mm-hmm. and it's something that we have to talk about like a lot. You know, a lot of bands come forward, and this being the scene that it is, a lot of people really emotionally connect to those bands. A lot of people have a hard time believing it one of the songs from the new camp cope uh face of god actually uh i was listening to that today and it like the actual lyrics were addressing this kind of thing where it was people don't believe don't believe you do this they say your music's too good
2: um you've got that one song i like i think it's the (laughs) lyric
1: yeah yeah i think yeah it was it was It, it was a very good song and um I I heard some speculation about the Smith street band from that, but I won't go, I won't um, throw stuff. Oh no, really? I won't throw, I'm not throwing stuff around. I heard, I heard speculation because one of the members of Smith street band apparently dated uh, one of the members of camp cope. I've heard that, but then, you know, immediately the comments, the comments counter indicating the song uh it could be any person in any band you don't know it's smith street band you know they're too fucking good so like that's just how people handle it is a really big thing right now and then the whole thing with steven and remo drive came out recently which i proposed this discussion three four weeks ago i think um Uh and a lot of shit's happened since then that kind of changed it a lot from where i was originally gonna go with it but uh, one thing that I really want to talk about is, like, the various allegations within it. Um, kind of the criteria for, quote-unquote, canceling a band. Because that's something that's never had a real hard stance, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, everybody has their own definition of it. And then there's a few, th- there's a few other things that I want to get into. But uh, first, I'll get into, I guess, the one that really really got it big time during kind of the height of like the hashtag me too thing and like, or at least the initial height after, um, Harvey Weinstein had gotten called out was Jesse Lacey of brand new. So with brand new at this point, the only reason I say the band's name is because we're specifically talking about it. Brand new was my favorite band for a, the better part of 10 years. You know, i grew up, grew up on them. I'd seen them five times. I have a brand new tattoo. Right. It's some. It's some shit. It's some shit that happened, you know. Science fiction happened. Everybody was on top of the world. The sub couldn't stop fucking talking about it. Um, even though that record
2: wasn't emo,
1: <laughs> it was not. It was. Yeah. I. I will absolutely say it was not emo. The most emo that they probably ever got was Devil and God, and that's probably their only real pure emo ec- record, if you can even call it that.
2: Yeah, I don't even want to get into the genre discussions on. That's not worth. That's yeah, not yeah, worth that saying. Cause who the fuck listens to them anymore? Well,
1: a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. The
2: brand. The brand new subreddit is disgusting. Yeah. Oh uh, know.
1: That's, that's cool. I unsubscribed from that very recently, unfortunately, because I totally was subscribed to it. Because I don't look at my front page; I look at popular and all. But it was a big thing for me. I remember exactly when shit happened. I was sitting at work. The post came up. I was, you know, looking at the subreddit, looking at uh, a Facebook group that I will not say the name of to avoid embarrassment for myself. Um, Is it the Defend Pop Punk group? It's not Defend Pop Punk, but it's it's almost works. There you go. Yeah. What was it? Deja and Tinder.
2: Oh, I left that group after two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so bad.
1: It's so bad. I met some very good friends from there, but overall just terrible yeah so you know the stuff started circulating and i was just sitting there thinking about this band that i've you know had the lyrics tattooed on me i know every word to every song seen them live five times and at that point i was two three four weeks out from seeing them twice in a weekend like very fresh shit and uh it all happened and like you just start thinking it's like you know, Harvey Weinstein doesn't hit you. He's a big movie producer. He's not directly related to any, not extremely directly related to a lot of stuff that
2: you consume in a visible role, I guess I should say. Um, Uh, I mean, I don't know about that. I had a real hard time. I had a real hard time watching any of Kevin Smith's movies for a little bit. Yeah. That's that's where it really comes in because uh, Weinstein was
1: like a big part of Kevin Smith and like that kind of stuff.
3: All the Miramax
1: um, stuff,
2: Scream. If you were a fan of Scream back in the day, Hunt, but there's
1: man. a lot of stuff in there. Good Will right Hunting,
2: yeah. Oh shit, I didn't even know that was a Miramax movie. Fuck. Um, I just got I don't sad think all over one again. That was Miramax, but Weinstein is was definitely involved in that. Uh, but like, either way, it's something that doesn't seem as fresh because it's something
1: that doesn't seem as personal to you as something like a favorite band, and like. I genuinely kind of went through the stages of grief with it. And I know I'm being dramatic and I hate myself for how fucking dramatic I made it back then. But like, it's something that does hit you and something that you do like think about like a lot, you know, it ended up with me. I haven't listened to brand new since the shit came out. It's something that like, you know, I still think about it every now and then, but it's not, I'm rambling, but yeah, but you know what I mean. So I, know I haven't mean. listened. I, 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 I quote unquote canceled the band, but it was like a really strong reaction. And it's hard with people that make emotional connections to bands to like do that kind of stuff. But it's something that's really important to talk about, which is really a large part of the reason that I wanted to have the conversation. I think I was actually drunk in discord talking about like my brand new tattoo and shit. And like thinking about like, do I regret this, you know? So that's kind of some of the stuff that, that I wanted to get into. The other thing, Jenk Panucci's Pizza, Lou Diamond, just in general, that piece of fucking shit, Before it was before that, but was really one of the kickoff points of calling it out in the scene. That post in particular, uh, especially within the subreddit, was like a big part of that. Um, I think that's the, I've said it before, but that's,
2: that is like officially the most viewed post of all time
1: in the subreddit. Honestly, as it should be, it's yeah. it's exactly what it needed to be for exactly the situation it was, which is what I want this to be. So now that that's kind of become more widespread, um, I kind of wanted to talk about it. So there's all the current allegations and people react to that how they do. So at the beginning, you know, people kind of were weary. They wanted to deny stuff uh, a lot. And I know, you know, mods... Definitely picked up on that in the subreddit. I've picked up on that shit for sure. People wanted to deny it. It kind of moved into this situation that we're kind of in a transition phase, I think, with the drive thing, where people decided to, basically, if they heard the word allegation, in any context at all, that band was canceled. Fuck them. Don't listen to them anymore. They're full
2: of abusers. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that statement, because from from a mod's perspective, a lot of the popular comments on posts of that nature is always like well guys let's just wait until we have all the information she's probably lying and for the record by the way literally every day we get posts that are just the 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 name Lou Diamond is just the name Lou Diamond then in the field it says that is all that's and real it's fuck the same. it's like every day like sometimes 3 times a day <laughs> um yeah, and I can't I can't figure out who it is, or else they'd be getting IP banned at this point. <clears throat>
1: All right, really uh, sorry I rambled on for for a while there. Um, that was just kind of me spilling words out onto onto the podcast. But it's something that is kind of become important, and something that like you really have to become aware of. And we talked about like we were just talking about it with Sam getting kicked out of Rainbow Drive, where like you say, I guess we don't have this right to know their personal business, but also their personal business can be really fucking shitty and possibly illegal.
0: One thing um, that I've kind of been curious about is kind of on that same note, the uh, the the remote drive thing with Steven, is like, we're immediately saying stuff like, this doesn't sound like abuse, this just sounds like a, a messy relationship. If this wasn't public and it doesn't need to be public, no one would care, or like this wouldn't be considered abuse or something like that like do you think that's true do you think that's an accurate or sound statement
1: yeah so i think that within that specific situation i honestly don't think after her first statement that you could make that make that assumption um assuming her first statement was completely true it's and a lot of people pointed out you know how she wrote it the word of or the um like the way she worded everything, the emotional kind of tone that she had, um, a lot of people pointed that out. But from what she said, it could be emotional abuse. But looking back, looking at it later, they emotionally abused each other. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, that that's what it came down to. It was a toxic relationship on both sides, while One, Ava, Ava was sorry. on the more toxic side of it, um, as far as being emotionally manipulative, at least much more emotionally manipulative with uh, threats of self-harm, self-harm, withdrawing birth control, that kind of stuff. That becomes its own thing where we don't want to take sides, but you
2: kind of realize where more of the abuse is coming from. Here, when you're in a toxic relationship and somebody is acting toxic towards you, a really common coping mechanism is to become toxic back at them. And so it becomes one of those things where it's like a mutually abusive situation. And that's when shit becomes real messy because I think broadly people are able to, to change and evolve. Like if you're not a fucking Lou diamond or Jesse Lacey, I, I feel like you're in a relationship and you two were shitty towards each other. There's a chance for growth that's why it makes me really uncomfortable when stuff comes out where it kind of seems like people were nasty on both sides of the relationship that one person has to be at fault and there's no ability to to re- chance for them to rehabilitate or no chance for for them to recover and i don't know how comfortable i am with that i've been severely emotionally and mentally abused in a relationship, but by this person on occasion, physically abused. I would say that sometimes my reactions were not good. Now I've talked to many people about this, I've talked to therapists about this, and they've said that my reactions aren't, well, one, consider the actions of an abuser, but when you're outside the relationship, looking back in, I think both parties often feel a lot of guilt And so when you're talking about these situations, like Steven from Remo Drive, clearly in this situation, Steven is the victim of an abusive relationship. But the fact remains that it was toxic on both sides. And you always get tired of hearing the, well, the truth is always in the middle type of thing. And I don't think that's true. I think that there is like a hard stance on it and that's that abuse is never okay. I I completely understand why why someone would lash out in in bad ways if they're if they're in a toxic relationship if they're being emotionally abused and so that's that's what has me extremely wary about about this this whole situation and that's why when i was reading steven's side of the statement a lot of things that ava said made a lot more sense as far as apparently he called her uh pardon the slur he called her a bitch right insulting your partner is never okay but if your partner is discontinuing birth control without telling you or using self-harm as a way to keep you from breaking up with them uh i kind of understand calling someone a bitch in that situation
1: so you think it was more steven lashing out against the situation more than a like active
2: abuse on his part yeah there's active abuse and passive abuse and i think Steven was more passive abuse in that situation.
0: Can we talk about going public about these things in general? Like, I think a lot of people are kind of confused as to the whole turnover situation where a lot of people are like, this is just airing out dirty laundry. I I guess I'm I'm personally am curious as to what is, like, bad call-out culture versus, like, like
1: well, what...
2: bad call-out culture. Bad call-out culture is when someone says something bad about a band I like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like what, like
1: that—that that is the R brand. That is the R position on this.
0: Or, like what, like warrants being
2: called out for it? I guess <sighs> the line changes depending on the situation, depending on how badly someone was hurt. Um... Because,
0: like, I feel like it's almost gotten to the point where someone could be like. Barry from Joyce Manor cheated on me when we were in high school. Like and that would be like something that would circulate around Twitter.
2: There is there like a is there like a statute of limitations on callouts like how long ago <laughs> does shit how long ago does shit have to happen that
1: if it if it happened in high school and the band is singing about drinking beer and being shitty with their college friends uh after <sighs> that after that after the uh third LP then you can then the <laughs> statue of limitations sound.
0: Well, there was like like someone fucking deep dove on the guitarist of Death Heaven, and he said gay like on Twitter in like 2008 or 2009 or something, and people tried to take him down. Uh,
1: Dude, that's yeah, the I kind mean, of like... stuff that I personally am like weird about. Okay, sometimes that shit happens. I said really shitty things about people in high school. I'm not that person anymore, so that's weird. And, you know, at some at at some point you realize, yeah, fucked up. I shouldn't have called that dude the F word. Like that's one of those things that like people can grow past. And I think that that becomes how the person handles the situation, which is why the
2: band that shall not be named has still kind of been. uh... Acceptable. Yeah, exactly. The band that shall not be named. Well, because, you know, his apologies are really good. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah he, he, it's almost very like he Ill- writes
3: for a
1: living
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess i guess the the question really becomes like how long ago does something happen before you can assume can safely assume that with this person's new actions that they've grown past that with death with death heaven i'm i'm sure the guitarist of death heaven has grown a lot in the past what fucking decade since he's done that
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's incredibly difficult to To say that stuff you did that was like slightly unsavory when you were in like middle school or high school, when you were just a dumb kid who didn't know any better, or like what's gone like for example, let's take Fredo Disco who got called out a whole bunch like in rapid succession. That's directly what I was thinking about. Yeah. Do you would you like to field that discussion there, Ben?
1: Uh, No, go ahead. Go ahead. I I can add to it, but you know more about me
2: with the uh, actual Uh, topic. So essentially, There was one song on Fredo's EP that had the word, and sorry for saying this, but uh, the word bitch in it. Um, I think it was in the title even. And people commented on the post saying, hey, you know what? That really isn't cool, especially with all the misogyny in the scene. And we really don't want to perpetuate that. So can you please take it off? And at first he resisted, but then he talked to Claudio, who at the time was Fredo's age. They were both 17 and... Claudia was like, listen, man, this, this is cool. And Fredo was like, you know what? You're right. I'm taking it off the EP. and putting it back up without the song. And I completely and genuinely apologize for having it on. And then another thing came up. He had a song from a while ago called stop acting like a triggered little kid. I fucking hate the word triggered. I hate the <laughs> meme it's become. I hate the fact that when my little brother's friends are over, they use the word triggered as a joke, but that came up and people were like, Hey, the song title is uh sketchy and Fredo again, apologized for that. Then something else happened where he was at a gay pride parade. This was like years ago. He was at a gay pride parade with his friend who was gay. And he used uh, the F slur in his Instagram post about it. I believe again, people were like, hey, this shit isn't cool. And he had to be like, this happened a while ago. I have, grown and changed from that person and i don't think the usage of that word is acceptable anymore and i apologize so it's become kind of how much leeway are we going to give someone if they're young and learning how do we decide how someone has has grown from those actions how do we decide when they properly made amends there's people who haven't forgiven fredo there's people who still are like fucking asshole jock bullshit right and then there's people who are like i think this whole thing this whole situation was blown out of proportion and i think the uh, the way that he was called that was gross and i think the mo- the other mod connor uh radbones is, is the person who personally talked to fredo and smoothed this whole thing over and he's been of the opinion that you know when i was in high school i said a lot of shit that i regret and i think that people deserve the chance to learn and grow and on the other hand the fact is that wasn't too far in the past for Fredo, and people are wary of trusting him because he he hasn't had enough time to demonstrate that he's learned and grown from his actions. And I get, I guess my my position has always been I'd like to give people the chance to show that they can grow past these things, depending on the level of severity that they are. Um, and to me, like Fredo is still in the probationary period. I don't know. It's it becomes messier and messier the smaller scale it gets obviously
1: it's um, very easy to like chastise somebody to like just say like this isn't cool like something that we're going to s- stop listening over this is something that we're going to like not let you forget and not forget ourselves um when that severity is upped case in point jesse lacy blue diamond yeah. that shit's too severe to let go
2: period mm-hmm. That's yeah, stuff like shit that. in high school is something that a lot of people did stuff like that isn't something that you can just take accountability for and go through a process be done with exactly you know that's that's some pretty fucked shit and that
1: proves that you that proves that you didn't have the right mindset not so much that you had poor judgment right agreed so something that i've personally been thinking about a lot something that i've heard talked about more in more than full conversations allegations that would kind of say slipped by something that happened a long time ago kind of became common knowledge but was kind of let go for the timeline that they are so specific examples i'm thinking of is less than jake
0: uh, yeah what is that um, by the way because that like and it's chris one of the lead
2: singers chris is that um the, is that the bassist the dreads guy no, it's the guitarist. The bassist is Roger. Yeah, I know, I know less than Jake band members by name. <laughs> I, I listened to the science of selling yourself short and cried to it for years. What of it? <laughs> uh. Hey, hey, I, I saw less than Jake. It wasn't bad. They were on tour with Real Big Fish. It was a great ska party. I think I saw Real Big Fish and Mighty Mighty Boston together on Valentine's Day a while back. It that sounds a, like was, exactly the scenario you should see them in. It was called Valentine's Day perfect um
0: it's real real league fish played halloween here in madison and nobody called it scalloween i'm so fucking upset
1: oh my god it's such a perfect it was too easy so it was too now. easy kyle i know um like if they would have done that with like christmas or Thanksgiving, no Sk- skanksgiving makes too much sense but christmas <laughs> would be a hard one to pull
2: off less than Jake. It's Skanaka? <laughs> Eight crazy nights. Uh... <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm a Jew. I am Jewish. And the fact that Adam Sandler made the one traditional Hanukkah movie is so infuriating to me. No, you, you have that Disney
1: Channel movie with uh, the basketball. Court, Shut the so... fuck up. Shut the fuck up right
2: now, Ben. Hey, I loved Full Court Miracle. <laughs> Full Court was Miracle is okay. a good movie. I was okay with the first rendition of the Hanukkah song, all right? But everything after that, come the fuck on, Adam. You're too rich. <laughs> You're too rich. You're too rich wow. to be making fun of Jews. Anyway, less than Jake. It kind of seems like this only came up now that they're on Warped Tour. Now. Even though they've the, these allegations have been... Knowledge for a little bit now like one or two years right and they've been a warped mainstay for a very long time too long and it's confusing <laughs> it's confusing to me that no one seems to want to call less than jake out is like is that because they've been popular since like 1996 and no no one wants to to spit on punk royalty or something like that, even though that seems kind of antithetical to the concept of punk. Spitting on punk royalty sounds exactly what
1: I should do as a punk, honestly.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a, it's, it's affection. Um, I, have had a lot of, uh, Jeff Rosen sweat on me before and, uh, I took it as, took it as a, uh, badge of honor.
2: <laughs> all time low as well. Like the allegations against all time low and no one ever wants to talk about those. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very it's very puzzling to me because some bands they get hit with allegations and everyone shuts them down immediately and then other bands no one wants to talk about them and I'm not really sure what the dividing line is because it's not like less than Jake and All Time Low are so musically amazing that to imply that their legacy is tainted in any way is anathema, right? So, do you do you guys have any idea why people might not be talking about those things?
0: Is it like the fans? Is it like the type of fan? Like the culture that goes around with it? Because it's like... Uh...
2: Well, what? there's a pretty big difference between less than Jake fans and all-time low fans. Right. Yeah, the First, other, I the like other names I was going to... First of all, 14 years is the big yeah. difference.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> but like... Very uh, different high schools.
0: Everything would just be classifying and stereotyping hide behind or to say that, oh, it's like a fan thing.
2: But. I mean, uh, blood on the dance floor. That's right. That's honestly what's at
0: like the front of my brain right now. It's like right because those like those
2: people fifteen that... year old girls who love blood on the dance floor will go to bat for Davy Vanity any day of the week. Yeah, they're the biggest rape apologists on the internet. Yeah, next to I don't fucking know like Sargon of Akkad. Like Fallout Boy. Yeah, uh, has uh, has my book. Uh, uh, Fallout Boy. Yeah. Fallout Boy um when the shit was coming out about Janae White she was getting fucking cyberbullied by 13 year old fallout boy fans less than jake is completely different like less than jake is one of those bands that 30 year olds who have no fx back patches listen to mm-hmm. so are those people just apathetic old and washed up and have committed to the separate the art from the artist movement like, oh and it
1: might be it might be that those people just aren't as connected period so it's kind of an ignorance true. I just, yeah, just
2: like, to listen to Less than Jake in 2018, I highly doubt that you're in tune with the cultural movements. Yeah. yeah. Like- well, my <laughs> thought was like Led Zeppelin fans
1: as well. Like, so like any Led Zeppelin fan is probably like well into their 30s to 40s at the m- minimum, beyond like the I only like real music high school kids. Um,
2: <laughs> and Le'Rong like- generation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So like those. So it's like those people, and then there's a giant gap between people who are eighteen to like twenty. I, I would say like thirty-two, and then people who like unironically listen to Led Zeppelin vinyls in their den. Um, in their den. And then, That's the perfect.
2: <laughs> um, But we listen to Russian Led Zeppelin in my man cave. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but Led Zeppelin absolutely had some problematic shit happen, and like very well publicized problematic shit. Um, Especially, and also with uh, David Bowie, who David Bowie has a pretty significant young fan base. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, I'm not saying that because he because that's because he's dead, but like it is a contributing factor. But like it's the fact that these people are problematic but they're also huge influencers and huge like legends of music that people are so willing to dismiss this where it's no different than any other misconduct claim you in, in some cases even worse than some misconduct claims that come out now that we're willing to cut all ties with the
2: band over there's a fish story with led zeppelin right my mis- uh, that. yeah so there's a story involving a fish uh, I believe it was a
1: shark, actually. Um, oh God. They were fishing, so they were fishing out a window of a cruise ship or something like that. and uh, they caught a breed of shark. and, and uh, let's just say put pieces of put the shark inside an underage girl. That that's not it, 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 It's it's very hard to, to like describe that story without sounding very gross, but it was very gross, and that's like the big thing. Um, what the fuck, though. That's no, it's really
2: fucked up and really f- shitty that you would then, even think to do that, that. And then on the other end of the spectrum, the quote unquote groupie uh, with David Bowie, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who like maintains this day that her experiences with Bowie even when she was underage were positive for her.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I I read that article and uh, that article also mentions Jimmy Page.
2: Is there like an element of sexual agency of girls who want to take control of their own sexuality or are like, are we denying them of that with these
1: conversations? Well, and see that's something that came up a lot with all of the brand
2: new stuff where yeah. well it's pretty clear that she did not find it uh, s- something that contributed to her growth she no was that's clearly very traumatized by that that's uh-huh. true but it, it's and at the same time it's where, like i'm sorry i don't know her name the the david bowie girl is there like an element of these people who were abused and they're just trying to justify it to themselves so that they they don't have to consider themselves somebody who was abused
1: That's kind of where I was was going when I mentioned brand new. So with the girl who called out Jesse Lacey, it was something that clearly she said, this, you know, this is something that has scarred me. This is something that has happened to me where Jesse Lacey clearly abused her. But judging from how the article from David Bowie's uh, quote unquote groupie was written, it's not a very different scenario where it was kind of grooming, kind of that kind of stuff. She just paints it in more of a positive light for herself. Yeah. And it's weird to see where that line is. And, you know, if, if that woman can look back and see that as a positive experience for her, how do we take it against David Bowie, where he clearly knew he was doing something and he clearly knew what he was doing and in that moment, in my opinion at least, in that moment, you don't know how that girl is going to take that 30 years down the line. You know? You know exactly what you're doing in that moment. You know exactly what it is.
2: If you're the adult, you have the responsibility. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, the adult has all the responsibility in the world and they should by no means take advantage of their position of power. And I don't want to imply at all that the abused parties in this situation were the ones with the responsibility and the power to end it because they weren't Mm -hmm. in any facet, even if they maintained that it was good for them. The pro like the problem becomes, uh, do, do we hold something against the artist if the abused party does not? Like that's a really, that's a really hard question to answer just in and of itself. Do we forgive somebody uh, if the person who was, is afflicted has forgiven that person does that make it all okay uh kyle do you have anything to add
0: that almost feels like it's almost not up to us
2: you know exactly exactly and that, and it becomes a, another part of this whole situation where like how much of it is really our business anyway mm-hmm. yeah right well and i'd argue i'd argue that a large part of how much of it is our business is how diy the artist is because <laughs> well how much, no how i how mean much because of those dollars are going to them how much of those dollars are going to them, but are we actively giving them a platform to continue to abuse people? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's not us actively giving Led Zeppelin a platform to abuse people when they tour. Right. The cat, the way the capitalist system is structured, there's levels of hierarchy and we aren't the ones making those decisions. But with, with smaller artists like uh front porch step. Yeah, that's, our, that's our fucking responsibility to hold them responsible and to hold them accountable. And then the further and further separated we are from the situation, um, there's so many more messy layers. Like as messy as it is, even on the DIY level, shit gets even messier when like big corporate lawyers are involved, like the Connor Ober situation.
1: Mm-hmm. that that shit was all kinds of messy and i didn't even have that written down for this conversation because it's it can be enough it can be a whole like three hour long conversation in and of itself but yeah that Connor over situation was fucking ridiculous
2: she she took it back and said she was only saying it for attention i think we can all agree that pressure from lawyers can make you do a lot of things that you don't believe in
0: uh was it decapitated who was the metal band
2: oh the the I, I I don't know because metal is bad. But, yeah, um. uh, well, insert metal
0: band here, so I'm not accusing the wrong band. But there were so many gross allegations against them with that yeah, incident those on the tour bus. Next level. Yeah. yeah, and the fucking case got dropped because of people are speculating it's because of all the shit that she was getting from twisted fucking metal fans saying shit like death threats and stuff and people are saying that she just dropped the case because she would have to become public like people would have to know who she is which is kind of fucked up
2: this fucked up you should never
0: you you should never (laughs) you shouldn't have to give up your anonymity yeah right
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the actions are what's on trial here
0: and then Um... um Alice Glass, the Crystal Castle situation, that also got dropped too. Fuck, really? Yeah, that got dropped like this week or the or or like the week before. Yeah. Holy
1: shit. I didn't know about that.
0: Yeah. Because someone lawyered up. So so speaking to
1: like our responsibility as fans, I guess like with like a DIY band you can kind of shut that down because you just cut off their any source of revenue that they could have. And what it comes down to is do we want to monetarily support a band, which is what it is. Anytime you stream on Spotify, anytime you buy a concert ticket, buy a band t-shirt, everything that we do to show our love for these bands is fucking capitalism at its finest. And, and I, um,
2: I've heard people say, you know, if the band's if, – if the person's dead, then listening to them isn't supporting them You know, to that
1: extent, I think it comes down to the person – because that's a very, like, ambiguous thing. Because you can look at yourself and say you're supporting David Bowie's family or whoever, right. you know, is well,
3: getting the residuals Well, did his family do that the... shit?
2: Did his family do that? Uh, oh, man. I'm genuinely asking. I don't know. Are they, like, you think, you think if, like, a family could be complicit in that kind of stuff? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that somebody's loved ones should be held accountable for the awful shit their loved one did.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay yeah no that's that's absolutely true like you know it depends on where the residuals are going but do you also support the record label who's making 80 percent of that money who knowingly allowed that kind of stuff to go on and then
2: i mean that that that, shit is why diy exists in the first place
3: yeah that's
2: true that's minor threat to a fucking t but (laughs) so like i guess they were guilty of being right after all (laughs) (laughs) my god uh i
1: hate everything um (laughs) if some if a band is beyond diy so a band is uh let's let's use like you know somebody who got a recent record deal and this kind of stuff goes out if we can't put the pressure on the band do we put the pressure on the record label like do we put that kind of stuff? like do we put that kind of stuff to like what the highest highest uh authority that can actually shut that kind of stuff down is you know you, you, you I mean, gotta vote
0: with your wallet this like just yeah. happened to jeff rosenstock because he still had uh cheap girls record for sale up in his record label store and people yeah. and and people were just hounding at him and he handled it kind of sketchy because he like blocked people on Twitter because he just kind wow. of had an anxiety fit he, and like freaked out. But he like mm-hmm. made amends like hardcore. So, yeah, he did directly respond to that, and I liked his response. Yeah, same um, here. It just was, it just was, it just got to the point.
1: Well, it took, I mean, I would say too long to probably respond to it correctly, but I understand yeah. like the anxiety that he went through and that kind of stuff. Like,
2: and again, he's on a lower like, level. Big. Yeah, on a lower he, level, so it's impacting is, him more personally. Yeah, he is. In that case, he was at least in.
1: Yeah. In that case, he was at least in the in the role of
2: somebody who's running a record label, though. And then, you guys heard the shit about Young and in the way. Uh, I don't think so. A little bit. All right. So they went through Detroit, met various members of the band, ended up assaulting not one, not two, but three people the night that they stayed in Detroit. The stuff that was reported stuff that was alleged is a uh, really fucking stomach journey to read like really gross stuff and young and in the way came out and made a statement and they were like we support the victim and her right to name her abusers but it wasn't us we didn't do anything so they must be thinking of somebody else I how much grosser can you get than saying that you support the victim and then denying everything that victim is actually saying Mm -hmm. that is bizarrely stupid yeah pretty fucked up a piece of shit response right so and then what about bands that kick out the members that was Uh, gonna be that was gonna be another
1: big thing so where where i wanted to directly like talk about it is how should a band member respond when something like this happens and i think obviously the best response is the second you find out about it, you kick them out. These things happened like with uh, Eric Sousey specifically was one of like the big ones where he didn't get kicked out until after something had had hit the public. It's fucked up that you don't believe that it's worth kicking out somebody. If you genuinely know about it, it's you think that it's not worth kicking out somebody until it hurts
2: your image. Thing, with turnover stuff came out publicly, and then they waited a really long time to kick him out. Uh, yeah. And then they didn't kick him out. They suspended him, basically. They gave mm-hmm. him, like, in school suspension or, like, go to rehab. And then when you come back, maybe we can talk. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get into the rehabilitation stuff later. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Obvi- um, obviously, the best course of action is separate ties. Yeah. Um, you- and don't pause. But do we do we continue to support bands that kicked out the member? Yeah, that's do we hold do we hold, oh. do we hold <laughs> other band members accountable for those actions? Again, similar to loved ones. I think it depends on how the response is from them, really. So
1: if they, you know, nip it in the bud and say like this person's out of the band, and you know, th- there's a lot of stuff that can go into corporate meddling and stuff like that as to saying how the person did leave the band or was kicked out. But if they immediately respond to it and in, and uh, in the right way, I guess they find out about something and the end of it, that's the end of their relationship with that person. Yeah. Then I don't see a problem supporting the band moving forward. Then you get these messy situations like Eric Sousie, where they waited too long they waited till shit hit the public there's a lot of ifs and like a lot of uh what they did that was really wrong and the wrong way to handle things assuming that they knew about it which it seems like they did
3: yeah
0: kyle like i i don't subscribe to any sort of way to act upon any specific situation like i like bought the new turnover record i liked it i i guess i so i guess you can say i supported it they kicked the guy out. The guy wasn't well I don't know if he was on the record or not. So like he was on the record, he oh. came back. I thought that he was removed, <laughs> like he wasn't a touring member when I saw them at least.
1: Um I thought the record came out before he got kicked out.
2: He was on the record. Okay. I think he got kicked out shortly before it came out.
1: Okay. Okay, okay. So he was he recorded the record, but in between, you know, mixing mastering and
0: release he, he got was kicked out. out. Okay. Which know. that
1: becomes a financial situation for them, yeah,
0: yep. yeah. So I because
2: somebody it. can lawyer up, somebody can lawyer up and say, "Hey, regardless of the things I did, I deserve the money
3: from this right. record that I played mm-hmm. on."
2: Yeah, and so, like, so you are supporting that, yeah. When you buy it, I'm in a lot of like
0: vinyl and merch Facebook groups, and people are constantly talking about selling like their jank records for like more than what they paid for and that just like goes into just endless that's gross. like I fucking
1: hate that industry. shit. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: another that's that's another thing. Yeah. That that's, um, that, that's that something I had that had people down. love to do is say, "Hey, I've got Versace summer uh $60 or best offer." And it just and like people are willing to pay for it, too, like people want it. That's like a <laughs> so, problem that that's like a moral dilemma like the, there's a moral dilemma of you profiting off of that one of I- the
1: last posts that i saw on the uh brand new subreddit was uh somebody had sold a shirt or a vinyl variant or some bullshit like that it came with a note that said i hope you're happy to support abusers and it's like motherfucker you're prop you're profiting off yeah <laughs> yeah man. like like, I don't support either of them. Like, I don't support buying it and I don't support selling it. But, like, don't act like you're taking the fucking moral high ground just yeah. because it's your presence when you're making...
2: It's How can you take the moral high ground when you're literally profiting off abuse? Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: If, you know... If this it's... is why this is why fucking money shouldn't be...
1: Huh? <laughs> you, you are correct. You are correct. Fuck money. This is now the A word. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's like, that was, was like a big thing, um, and it's still a big thing. With a lot of people, you know, start to find bands problematic, they want to sell their shit, but they still think that they can get money off of it So because capitalism, and capitalism knows no morals.
2: And uh, yeah, this is the A-word. Yeah. Um, but, but, well, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, you up. spent the money on, on the record. The mm-hmm. money's done and spent. You can't get your money back. So I guess what you do with your personal property is up to you, but I think it's a sketchy moral choice to try and make profit off of it.
0: That's how mm-hmm. I feel about it as a pretty aggressive record collector. It's like, you are totally free to sell whatever brand new 7-inch you want that's limited to 200 for $250 because it's rare, it's not going to be printed again because the person's shitty and the record label's not going to be morally accountable for repressing and making money off of it but it still has collector's value and that's i think that's gross like i i have brand new records and if i am going to sell them it's not going to be for profit it's going to be someone that i hope buys it listens to it doesn't post about it on instagram they just keep it and listen to it within their own
2: home or whatever and doesn't And like listening to something listening to something personally, privately, yeah. is a whole different beast from promoting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and then that, that goes into the whole thing that uh, you know Ben was talking about earlier where what emotional connections are you severing, right? Bowie's a big one. Bowie's a big emotional connection for a lot of people. and
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> With how important he was to so many people especially in the 80s when like that flamboyance and like open sexuality was kind of not a thing but he has a connection to a lot of people in a lot of communities but like where do you draw the line
0: yeah yeah well ben so you have brand new tattoos like what do you do about that now (sighs) so
2: he doesn't get swamped
3: anymore
1: <laughs> uh so fortunately i got a i got a tattoo of a band that uh nobody above the age of 25 knows so uh that's that doesn't, that doesn't cause me too many problems mostly a moral like self-imposed thing for how i think about it so my tattoo it's not you know the devil and god mask it's not like a logo or anything it's an anatomical heart that says you are the blessed in my veins, a lyric from Boy Who Blocked His Own Shot. It's stereotypical as far as brand new tattoos go, but I love it or loved it. I guess I have a, you know, I could cover it up, but I really love the anatomical heart. I love love the artwork that the artist did. I've thought about, you know, striking through the lyrics and stuff like that. And in the end, I don't honestly know what I'm going to do with it because in some, in like one sense, it is this something that's symbolic of a band but it's also something that's symbolic of an emotional connection that i made to a song yeah it, it's messy it's really hard do i separate i'm not I, saying i'm not saying
2: because <laughs> i hate it i fucking do you separate hate it. The, do you separate the tattoo art from the tattoo inspiration exactly <laughs> um, so yeah exactly it's a
1: piece of art that i really love um as at least as far as that goes the words that are on it were written by a piece of shit and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people have David Bowie tattoos and Led Zeppelin tattoos. And I'm sure at least a few have pine grove, like a few weird people have pine grove tattoos, I guess. Like, um, so yeah, so the tattoos are interesting because that's something that I can't get rid of. I mean, it's something that I literally decided to permanently ink in my body and, you know, I can do modifications to it. I can do the strikethrough, um, which is something that I've deeply considered. Um, that point, it looks good, but you can still read. You can still read and make out the words from a strike through. Um, black it out. If I black it out, then it looks like shit. You know, in my you opinion, can't, you can't just remove that part, can you? Uh, not very easily, I don't think, and not without paying a lot of money that my fucking capitalist-hating self doesn't have. But you know, there are other less permanent things like vinyl. Uh, shirts and stuff like that i have two or three brand new shirts and also a moose blood shirt which i just i bought it for five dollars at a hot topic like months before that shit happened that shit that's easy because in my mind that goes in a box i never wear that again it doesn't see the light of day again Mm -hmm. but like some people decide to like sell that shit like my brand new one of my brand new shirts came with I think it was the tenth anniversary, Devil and God masks and like the whole set with that shit. I could very easily sell that, but like I can't I can't sell that. I don't want to sell that. So that's a moral thing
2: for me. My personal story is with Freaks and Geeks, which is one of my all time favorite shows. Means very, very much to me. James Franco's in it. Uh, uh, James Franco's got a pretty large yeah. role that show you know it's a show that i watch and i'm going through hard times you know it's a, it's a very emotionally comforting show for me you fire up the netflix and some of that streaming going to james franco right so uh yeah it's it's real tough to tackle things when the emotional connection is so deep oh, yeah. um, i'd like to point out
1: at this moment that james franco is white donald lover so you just watch it and
2: community whoosh um no
1: that is the that is my like terrible terrible like loving childish gambino even when at his corniest I mean it's been um, yeah, nice yeah, having you on the true. show yeah. Ben
2: uh, <laughs> I have friends with brand new tattoos and they don't listen to brand new anymore yep. like they've managed to make that that emotional severance other people have been unable to do that oh can i can i uh call a subreddit user out uh specifically right now
0: would love you to
2: thanks kyle go for it with your blessing hey uh fallen edits uh you're a piece of shit because you have been uploading jank and panucci's pizza videos on youtube uh uploading not just all their studio tracks but demos uh little elephant sessions they are in direct contact with Lou and Lou has been providing them with these videos. I'm assuming. Jeez. Um, and That's I think terrible. Yeah. And I think doing something like actively giving this shit a platform, like this, this goes beyond I have an emotional connection to a TV show or a movie. So I'm watching it in private and not talking about it or promoting it. Um, that goes beyond that. Cause you're actively given the shit a platform and you are actively Promoting it by putting it on you. And uh, you're in contact with them. Like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, Fallen Edits, you're an enemy of the show. Uh, Official stance. You're, you're an enemy of me personally because you're supporting an abuser who has hurt people that I know and care about. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, Fallen, Edits, Fallen Edits, Fallen Edits, Fallen Edits, do not support Fallen Edits. <laughs>
0: Does anyone um, know who runs the Instagram account? And I don't know if it's, like, a Twitter account as well. Uh, Emo? No. Okay. No. Are any of you familiar with it? No. Okay. No idea.
2: Um, I don't really use Instagram very much. Okay.
0: They, like, uploaded some image about Panucci's pizza, and, like, people were just like, hey, you should really, like, take this down, and they were just saying, ah, we... Separate the art from the
2: artist and comments and shit. And I was just every like... time, every time that phrase is said, fucking John Lennon gets another Halo. Like it's Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, that's so I just like true too.
0: Like I think it's just stupid when like you start a fucking page to promote emo and talk about emo, and then you're just so fucking like detached from what emo's I guess like official stances I don't know if you can call it like the official stance but of just like fuck Lou Diamond for one and just like yeah. don't support abusers for two like and just deny that but still like call yourself like an emo page or something like that that's like some fucking Fox News bullshit exactly like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: s- serving shit
2: <laughs> shit fucking soft serve shit on an ice cream cone yeah <laughs> yeah what Titus Andronicus song is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't listen to dad rock. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> oh god. Really, really what this, what this whole argument has always been is, is it okay to listen to shit in private? I personally am still am conflicted about that. I don't know what my stance is. I have a real hard time with it because a if you're listening to it in private, no one's gonna know about it. But it, you can't really say it's a victimless crime because you're directly supporting an abuser if you're streaming it. Um What okay, so yeah, so I, weird And Then they're like, Hey man, I just it. Hey man, I just pirated it, right? So it's okay if I pirate it. Um <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Like, like and- it's
1: just a face palm. And you get into that where it's like people who don't want to pirate music go out and buy the CD, but they listen to the CD in private, but like you gave them your money for yeah. the CD or somebody down the line gave somebody, you know, $30 for that devil and God reissue. Like in, in some aspect, you're kind of supporting that. Yeah. So that, that that's the situation where I support internet piracy,
2: every other situation where shit for free um i have always supported internet piracy i am a huge internet piracy supporter oh that, that's no. the official stance that's the official stance right there Support <laughs> no, I, internet genuinely, piracy. I genuinely always have been because i feel like information should be free and easily available for everyone the internet's probably the greatest tool for democracy since greeks invented the vote right so i don't know guys what do you do what do we do I'm we're, we're, we're all talking in this conversation and the goal, the goal ostensibly was to try and reach an answer, but I don't, I don't I think. I said we're ever this
0: last it. episode that I think the line
2: is drawn between promotion and privacy. I and the big, th- my big thing is I don't ever want to make someone feel like shit for loving something. I don't ever want to make somebody feel like shit for having a, a strong emotional connection to something.
0: Like you can um, totally look down upon someone walking down the street wearing a fucking lost profits t-shirt
3: i think lost profits
0: lost profits is the fucking like end-all be-all you see
1: somebody who supports lost profits in any way if you see somebody who listens to lost profits in private i think you uh fucking <laughs> separate them from your life <laughs> yeah yeah
2: if, if lost profits probably the the allegations against eon watkins not allegations he got convicted <laughs> he did get uh, convicted. And he got convicted.
0: And he was fucking <laughs> uh, grooming someone from prison last year.
2: He was grooming someone from prison. Oh. He was trying to fuck an infant. He was, he was trying bl- to have sex with, a, with an infant.
0: He was blowing meth into an infant's face.
2: <sighs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, Lost, Prophets,
1: Lost Prophets is fucking bullshit. And Ian Watkins is bullshit. If, if you
2: listen to... If you, if you still listen to Lost Prophets... And you think it's okay to do? I'm going to come to your house and I'm I'm going <laughs> to puke all over you. God, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So 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 and, and then obviously severity plays a role. Yeah. Obviously severity plays a role. It's like, well, I mean, this person so just just did something this bad and then this person did something a lot worse. So I got to separate one but not the other and So we've... we start What? We're we're
1: at very least in the zone where we know that one of these situations, you can't even listen to them in private.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We're
2: we're in a zone where the, we, we are point, we are well past the line with lost profits. We're well past the line with lost profits. There's we're well past the line with fucking blood on the dance floor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we're well past the line with like. get you guys ever uh, listen to that band Fang? No, mm, can't say I have. Uh, Sammy from Fang uh, murdered somebody. Uh, oh shit yeah uh if you don't know fang uh green day covered them they covered uh i want to be on tv um on shenanigans and nirvana covered them as well on their live at reading album covered uh the money will roll right in and so that's fang they're like a really aggressive bay area band but the lead singer fucking murdered someone i feel like that's let's not listen to anything to to have to do with them anymore (laughs) yeah yeah and then fucking Gilman Street let them play again when they reunited. Like Gilman Street, the PC police of punk rock <laughs> allowed Fang to play when they reunited. What the fuck is that shit? It, it's just like everyone has the everyone has their own personal. Oh, this is okay. Like everyone has their own personal line on this shit, and so it's so hard. It's 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 so hard to to say. Oh, I'm, I stand against abuse. I don't support abusers. When I watch freaks and geeks, or Kyle bought a turnover vinyl, or Ben got a brand new tattoo, even if even if that shit happened before you knew about the abuser, like the money still went in, and you still are personally benefiting from listening to the work of an abuser. So it's just. It's just so messy and it's so hard to, to say that somebody is strictly a bad person because they listen to the swans or the Smiths it's it's really hard to unilaterally condemn people who still consume the work of abusers because no one knows exactly where to draw the fucking line and I don't I don't know what to do I've been trying to figure this out for like seven eight goddamn years and I I can't do it no matter how many conversations I have like this, you know, the discussion is never going to end. And That's the true. bad shit is obviously never going to end. I mean, you can throw out the line, like there's no ethical consumption under capital. Cause you know, I'm sure we, we all eat McDonald's on occasion. Uh, <laughs> or we, we've all drank Nestle water and directly from the springs of Flint, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fuck! I don't know. Like, the thing about the thing about capitalism is that everything in America, everything in the world, is basically owned by five companies. Yeah. So, there, the, it's impossible to separate yourself from this The the industries, your money's going to some awful shit no matter what you do. So, like, like, do you, do we just try our best? Do we just think critically and try our best?
0: I think that's a big part of it, actually. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. But that's why i mean we're gonna mention rosenstock again but rosenstock did the fugazi thing successfully for a very long time didn't play shows that weren't all ages mm-hmm. um same price for all of them yeah mm-hmm. yeah
2: i mean it's i think besides it's, fugazi, like,
0: doable but like you're gonna burn yourself out at some point mm-hmm. besides
2: you're... fugazi he's the only person who's ever stuck to and succeeded from that model too i know yeah, yeah it's so does. rare to it's almost impossible to be able to do that
0: yeah it, and it's like asking a lot to make that happen too i mean mm-hmm. there's some cities where you can't fucking play
2: it's holding yourself to an incredibly high standard
0: and it took him and, a very long time for that to pay
2: off yeah
1: yeah dude really so I did, guess... did that shit right
2: yeah I guess there's going to be no definitive answer to the situation until we uh, abolish capitalism. (laughs) Institute luxury luxury queer space communism fully automated. Uh, I'd I'd be okay with this. I
3: I don't know.
1: So I guess what it kind of starts coming down to is somebody paid money for it at some point. Doesn't matter what the fuck it is. Even if you pirate some shit, there's a decent chance that somebody paid money for it. Cause it's probably a CD rip. Um, or a vinyl rip or something like that. Somebody paid or, to record the album. At, yeah. At the very least. So basically I guess it gets to that ambiguous point where you don't put money into it or any more mm-hmm. after allegations and like that kind of shit comes out. If you don't put any money into it after it comes out, And you consume what you have in private. Don't promote, you know, don't vocalize anything about it. We can't control shit. We can't say anything to you. We can't, you know, more than likely we don't know you do it. And if we don't know you do it, what the fuck are we going to say about
2: it? (laughs) Because How much of it is other people's business?
1: Yeah. I think that that
2: seems to be what it comes down to. So, is what right do we have to police the decisions of others? Yeah. Um, I mean, we have the right to cut people out of our lives. Find out that they do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: I think just um, having these conversations instead of slinging mud is also a huge part of like the sub, at least. Yeah. People go from saying, I don't know about this, guys, to jumping down each other's throats like, within a minute. Which...
2: I mean, the sub basically ranges from you gotta separate the art from the artist to uh, if you have ever listened to this band at any point in your life, you're an awful person and you don't belong in the scene.
0: Yeah, this is true, <laughs> but this is yeah, also that's, how that's very true. acts. So I guess the
1: question doesn't even come down to how much it is as it is promotion. So, with problematic bands we can actually put or at least have an influence on how much somebody is promoted. You know, somebody posts something on the sub, we can say, fuck that, like fuck that person. Um, Yeah. But you know, we can't control if they listen to it, but we can, can, we can not control, but influence if and how they promote it.
0: I, I don't mean to throw another topic out there, but, why did Spotify and everyone agree to take down power bottom but not brand new you because know, brand new
1: is making them too much money
0: do you think that's literally it at
2: the risk at the risk of plan identity politics I think a lot of that whole situation and how fast power bottom got condemned is because there there were trans folks involved and I I think that that really played into the fears a lot of people about trans people. that that played a lot into the media bias everyone i guess <laughs> i can see that i guess it's. i will worth... say power, power bottom is disgusting do not support power bottom that's they did that shit, and it's gross yeah i'm not denying so i'm critical. not denying the abuse
0: i also glanced what? over the fact that uh polyvinyl also didn't release the album so that's probably another big factor into why it got taken off of readily available streaming services because yep. you can buy all all brand new's records right now wherever you want.
1: Yeah, Power Bottom was a was one situation where they advertised themselves as being this safe space and being you know they advertised themselves oh, yeah. as being the most um, LGBTQIA friendly band on the scene. Really,
3: yeah, like that, that's how that's how they
1: yeah that's how they did it. And as soon as that shit comes out, I mean, just it's over. As soon as that shit comes out, your entire marketing strategy from from like a record label standpoint, your entire marketing strategy is gone. Your entire like everything that you've produced to that point that has lyrics talking about that kind of stuff is gone. And it's it's all just completely destroyed from that. So um, I've
2: been saying this since day fucking one. And this podcast is just th- this specific episode is just hammering it further home. But I've been saying it since the JC Lacey episode. It's capitalism. It really is. No, I'm not even saying that as like a running joke because it's not a joke. It's capitalism. It's the misogynist power structures that uphold capitalism. It's the abuse-friendly power structures that uphold capitalism. mm-hmm like I mean, that's the that's the reason Weinstein even fucking got the
1: chance to abuse his second, third, fourth, fifth, hundredth women or woman, like because he was making them so much money that they could just say, okay, whenever you do this, we're going to clean it up. But you have to pay us a million dollars. and He just kept fucking paying. It was all money.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So if you really want to stand against abusers, take direct action, throw bricks through Starbucks windows. (laughs) (laughs) Project Mayhem. Vote in your your next primary. (laughs) Join the DSA. Put a fucking rose next to your name on twitter (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it it just all feels so fucking hopeless it does yeah
0: do we have anything else left in this conversation
2: at this point it just feels (laughs) like we're we're beating a dead horse man yeah i think we
1: reached i think we've reached a pretty decent uh i don't want to say conclusion because there's no conclusion no there is not We've reached a pretty reasonable stance where basically what happens in the privacy of your own uh, listening session with files that you have on a, on your hard drive and fucking vinyls you have in your uh, uh, basement and or den, depending on your age. Um,
0: <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so we can't control if you listen to that shit, if you still want to have that emotional connection, you still feel that you can have that emotional connection, then we can't control what you do in complete privacy. I would say don't stream them on Spotify. Don't, you know, download. Don't pay for any downloads. Um, Don't consume media that you don't already have if you don't have to. Um, You don't already have ownership not streaming rights to. And basically what it comes down to is promotion and where we can influence is how much a band or a problematic person is promoted and how we react to that where you know that can result in anything from you know banning to the sub getting ostracized from your friend group that kind of shit that you have to take real responsibility for
2: anything else yeah oh and fuck fuck capitalism oh and uh fuck fallen edits
0: yes yeah Seconded. yeah Fuck following
1: edits. We've, we've got a lot of stances retweet um, established That's a good conversation
0: <clears throat> so at this point let's go ahead and plug our social media so people can follow us between episodes i'll start with the podcast we are on uh, Twitter at The E-Word Podcast, we're on Instagram at The E-Word Podcast, we are on Gmail at The E-Word Pod at gmail.com. I started a Facebook page, so if you want to somehow follow us there, you're probably not going to be able to see our shit, because Mark Zuckerberg wants us to boost everything for it to be visible to what other <laughs> to whatever 50 people want to follow us on Facebook, because fuck capitalism, right?
3: Fuck, right.
1: capitalism. Yeah. Fuck capitalism. Fuck capitalism. We, we really need to start an anarchy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just I, I think the A word would be perfect.
0: <laughs> but yeah, you can follow me on Instagram personally at nothingfeelsgucci. And I'll throw it on to Ellie.
2: You can uh, follow me on Twitter at youdon'tneedmaps. Uh, follow my blog on WordPress, youdon'tneedmaps.wordpress.com. Tumblr, Instagram, it's all the same username. My blog is on Facebook, uh, which i haven't really been active on on facebook lately but i did finally change my facebook name to ellie so people can find me and uh came out to my parents and all that good stuff recently uh yep this was like in the last week oh that's awesome congrats thank you awesome i basically i basically just had to tell them a whole bunch of stuff about my life besides this so they uh uh they they took it hard at first but they're they're adjusting they're on their way so yeah that's that's my news i suppose and then ben basically everything
1: is the same as my red is the same as my reddit username which is a terrible mistake that i made when i was a young child um <laughs> so twitter at alpaca neb uh instagram packing um if i ever get my shit together and record music um i do have a band camp it is uh dude love md so okay. check that out depending on how much i hate the music that i record um i may put something up at some point um hopefully soon all right S- send it to us uh i I'm, i can almost guarantee i will be too ashamed to do that but i will probably do it anyway we'll pretend to listen to it
2: for 30 seconds and say it ripped, <laughs> sick. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for uh, coming to us and wanting to have a a substantial topic to talk about because that's what it's all about. If you're listening and you want to, if you want to discuss something like this, please get in touch with us.
0: We definitely want to have more voices from the sub on the podcast and uh, we definitely plan to.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate, uh, really appreciate coming on. Um, Sorry for kind of the word salad at the beginning, but I think it ended up.